Ripped well to right field. Baker going back, and it is out of here. The second day in a row, we've seen a line shot just fly out of here. And that time it was Jacob Gonzalez. Has tied the game up at two. Pretty neat. There's a base hit in the right field. Wood will round the bag in the third. They're going to keep him going. Here he comes, and Gonzalez is going to go into third. Hedford slide, not a time, a triple. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, tonight's episode two titled Top of the Class, because tonight we're bringing the best freshman in college baseball last year, Jacob Gonzalez, on to join us. He's going to talk to us about his season last year. He's going to talk to us about being back on campus and what the expectations for the Ole Miss baseball team are this year. So, guys, I'm excited. Let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview on podcasting this week, our man, Jacob Gonzalez. All right, Jacob, my man, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? Doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, you know, before we get into this, I, I got to know, what is it like being the top of the class, being the best at, you know, in your class at what you do? And, and what I'm referring to is, you know, Ole Miss fans will know it, but, you know, all of our fans need to know this, that you're the best freshman baseball player in Division One college baseball. Like, what does that feel like? Uh, it's very humbling because I've been working for – or working to be the best player I could possibly be. And uh, it feels really good that I was uh, rewarded for it. And my work has been paying off. Yeah, absolutely. Like we, we pride ourselves, especially on the podcast, getting guys that, that grit, that grind. And, and when you get an accolade, like, you know, the best freshman in the country, we know that we, we got the right guy on. So, man, let's jump into it. Let's dive into you as a kid growing up so tell us where are you from and, and and what was it like in the house growing up yeah so i'm from glendora california southern california a couple like half an hour away from los angeles um i was told by my parents as a little kid before i could even walk i was swinging a bat they would roll a ball and i would hit it back to my dad and he would just do that for hours and i couldn't even walk yet uh so so was your, your dad, was he a baseball guy? Seems yeah, my like dad, he had... a, he's a high school baseball coach. Oh, okay, okay. So you didn't really have much of a choice, and, and I'm sure mom probably didn't have much say either as, you know, as whether you were going to be a baseball player. You, you knew that uh, from day one. So, yeah. you know, what, what I do have to ask is, is, you know, obviously when that happens, your dad's a coach, you're in a, a, a big time area, a hotbed for, for baseball players. Growing up, was there a lot of pressure to be really good or did they give you the freedom and flexibility to kind of find your way in the sport? 
Actually, I when I was growing up, I never knew how good I was. Uh, I didn't even know that I was good enough to play in college. I didn't. I was hoping that I was, but I never really knew. My dad would never tell me. He would just let me play. So when my dad finally told me, like, you're good enough to go to these, any school you want to go to, uh, I, like, I wanted, I was the happiest person ever because I had no idea. I mean, I, that's probably a good thing, you know, in, in retrospect, looking back at it is that you, you just keep pushing, you keep working hard, you know, day to day, you know, that you're just trying to be the, the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. You want to get 1% better every day. Um, but I got to ask, man, you know, your dad's a baseball coach. Was there any apprehension of you playing other sports or were you able to play different sports as a kid? No, yeah, I played every sport you could really think of as a kid. I, My dad taught me how to play golf. I played basketball. I played football. Um, I played soccer for a little. So I was playing as much as I could when I was little. And then once stuff i started playing a little bit more travel ball uh it just went to uh travel ball baseball and then i played some travel basketball and then some junior all-american football all right man so you you threw out the 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 magic sport that all the baseball players that we have on this show throw out there they always say they played basketball and, and i gotta ask were you any good or are you just uh, six-man type material, defensive <laughs> specialist? Like, like tell me. I was, I was definitely a baseball football guy. All right. What positions in, in football were you playing? I was the at? quarterback at my high school. Oh man, could you throw it? Yeah, uh, I had the I had an opportunity to do both at a school, but I didn't. Uh, I elected not to. I. I love baseball way more than football. All right. So when, at what age are you where you go, man, I, I'm really good at both of these. I can pursue both of these to a high level. Was that like eight, 10? Are you the best uh, player on the team growing up? Or was it, you know, later on once you got to high school? No. So I didn't start playing quarterback in high school until my freshman year of high school. Uh, baseball, I started realizing that I was a little bit better than other people. That's kind of bad to say, but I, I like in little league, I realized, and then, but in travel ball, I was just normal, like nothing special. Uh, football, I was scared to be the quarterback when I was little. I was too shy to say a count. Uh, but when I got to high school, I knew I was going to be a quarterback. So uh, I didn't know that I was very good at quarterback. I just knew I could throw the ball pretty far. So it looks like the, the, the crossover in baseball and, and, and the football, being able to throw the ball, probably um, being a shortstop, you know, always known, you know, in the infield as, as having a, a dynamite arm. So I'm sure that the crossover there was helpful. Um, but getting into, you know, influences and, and getting you the push to the to the next level um as a kid was was there any brothers or sisters that you know that you were chasing or or trying to keep up with or 
Was there a, a major league or a professional player that that you were following that that you looked after? Yeah, no. So I was I'm the only boy in the family. I have an older and younger sister, but it was more my dad. My dad uh, is was a high school baseball coach. So as a as up until I was five uh, until I went to high school, I would go practice with this team, uh, and I would look up to his players. Uh, just because I thought they were the coolest people ever because I was a little kid. And I would look up to them, but then also my dad, because my dad would go practice with me every day for two hours, just me and him. And he did this my whole life up until I came to college. So it was definitely my dad. He pushed me and made me the player I am. So. So when we think about um, travel ball, was travel ball, was that a young age or was where you, you closer into high school or did you come out, you, you, you played a little bit of T-ball and you're like, man, I'm really good. Or, you know, I, I played coach pitch and I'm really good. Let me get into like being a part of the best organization that's out there. Uh. My dad just kind of found, like, I started travel ball when I was six years old. Uh, it was, I was still in machine pitch in Little League, but I would go and play uh, kid pitch on my travel team. And I wasn't very good. I was six years old playing on a 7U team. So everyone's a year older than me. And uh, I was just all right. I was probably a little scared. Uh, but I would uh, like up my whole childhood, I would play left field, uh, never really played infield up until high school. And I, like I said, I didn't really know if I was good or not. I never, never really thought about it. Like I was, was hoping I was. Yeah. So Jacob, we talked about where you're from, but those for the don't know, you grew up in Glendora, but the talk about your high school, big school, small school. Uh, it's a public school. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty normal, it's not that big. It's bigger than schools out here in Mississippi. Uh, but uh, like in, in California, I don't think it's a big school. Uh, well, but, talk about that for just a second. You, you cause you kind of hit on it there. Was it a, was it a culture shock? You coming from the West coast to Mississippi? Uh, what's weird is the city of Oxford is a lot like the city I live in, but like the state of California is nothing like the state of Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, uh, very true. Uh, very true. So Glendora, obviously a lot of people you know, that do their research on that, it's known for athletics, but also for its academic success. So talk about that just a little bit. I mean, you got to be on your game there for your studies, right? Yeah, uh, I slacked off a little bit my freshman year and got like two B's in my first and second semester. But after that, I was all A's until my senior year. Uh, when COVID hit, uh, I was informed that our grades could not go down. So I didn't do any more work when COVID hit. <laughs> Understood. I think that's probably a route that, that a lot of people took as well. Yeah. So you kind of touched on a little bit when you're talking to DB, but you multi-sport athlete in high school, um, a lot of baseball players have come out of Glendora, but talk about football. What was you guys' success like on the on the on the field? Yeah, so I, as a freshman, I 
played on the freshman team, but I was also the backup on the varsity team. So I'd play on Thursdays with the freshman team with all my friends. And then I had to go suit up the very next day and make, and if our starter ever got hurt, I would get in. And that was, I got in one time when he got his wind knocked out of him. Uh, scariest moment of my life for sure. Uh, you, did, you didn't throw like an 80 yard bomb? No, uh, it was a handoff. And then he came back in and I was relieved because I was 14 <laughs> years old against these almost grown men. And I was a little freaked out, but my freshman team, we went, we went, uh, 10 and 0. We had a good year. And then varsity, we made the playoffs, made, won our first playoff game that we weren't supposed to. And then we lost, got killed by a team that was way better than us. Uh, but I didn't start playing until my junior year because our bet, our quarterback was also our top baseball player on our team with me. And he was the quarterback there. But when, when I started playing my junior year, we went nine and one in the regular season, won our conference. And we went to the semifinals and lost by five. Heartbreak loss. Mm. Fast forward to our senior year, same thing. 11 and two, lost in the semifinals on a field goal. Uh, mm. Yeah. Just, but we was very successful. Uh, never haven't really lost in football before. So, oh, right on, right on. So, um, any notable players or teams that you played against in high school? Like any any pros or college guys? Uh, no. So I was in a mid division. So how we did in California, Division One's the highest. So that's like St. John Bosco, modern day. Everyone knows who they are. Uh, but we have one to all the way thirteen. We were division five. So I would say from division three to division five, three through five are all really good teams. They're not as good as one and two, obviously, because those are the recruiting high schools that we don't do. Uh, but so out of all those three, we were one of the better schools. And I don't think I, I couldn't really tell you any notable people. I'm sure there is a, a couple, but I don't really know any. Somebody's going to hear this and be like, man, he didn't even give me my props. <laughs> so uh, back to baseball for just a second. Um, what was your, your best season as far as baseball? Not, not just, you know, for your team, but for you personally in high school. Uh, it was definitely my freshman year. We, because we got super far, we got ranked nationally during the season. Uh, we got to the quarterfinals and played that St. John Bosco school. We're a higher division in baseball. Uh, we lost on a walk-off heartbreak. Uh, one of the saddest moments of my life, for sure. Uh, but definitely my freshman year. I heard that you got a good stat line that year. Were you were you starting shortstop? Uh, I started at third my freshman year. Uh, okay, you must. There must have been a stud at shortstop or something. Yeah, he was. That was the quarterback at shortstop. Oh man. Okay. I heard that. So were you still obviously travel ball all the way through? Was it, did you play with a lot of the same guys on a travel team throughout high school? No. So I played with the team, uh, that was from all over the Sangerville Valley. That's where I live. We were called the Sangerville Valley hustle. Uh, as we growing up, we would always, it was the weirdest thing. We would always win with these. We were all Mexican kids little Mexican kids pulling up against all these really good teams. And we would 
beat them like all the time. And it was, it was kind of awesome. I heard that. Do you think what was more influential to getting you noticed by colleges? Was it your travel team or was it your high school team? Um, I think, I think it was more travel ball because uh, the college scouts go more to travel ball games. Like, especially the colleges I was looking at, they didn't really go to high school California games because I was all looking at schools outside of California. So it was travel ball for sure. You, so you knew you wanted to leave California for college, get away for a little while? Uh, well, my parents wanted me to look at the schools outside of California first. And then once I looked at the schools, I was like, yeah, there's no reason for me to stay in California. I heard that. So when did colleges start talking to you? Uh, it was half, It was my sophomore year of high school, like summer going into sophomore year. Uh, we would go, we visit my dad, me, my dad, and my mom would go visit schools and we would tell them like that we didn't want to offer because we just wanted to look around all these schools because we'd never seen them before. And yeah, so around then. So you said you're looking at schools outside of California. What were your top three? Uh, Other than Ole Miss, obviously. Uh, after Ole Miss, it was probably Tennessee and then TCU and then Vanderbilt. You just broke his heart, Jacob. Yeah, man, we could have had you. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, I was. I got recruited by the old coach, not the new coach, though. So. Oh well, man. I mean, you you could you should have listened to Tony. No, I'm just kidding. You you made yeah. the right decisions. A great team you're with. Yeah. Uh, so so tell us. You know, last question I got for turning you over to Jim. Why Ole Miss? Uh, when I got there, it was the only school that gave me the feeling like oh I'm really excited to come to school here all the other schools I was like oh it would be really sick to play baseball here but when I came Ole Miss I was like it would be really sick to go to school and then on top of that I get to play baseball here it was just like it was on another level in my head well right off the top Jacob I got to speak you man I was stationed in Southern California for two years and I live about 50 minutes north of Oxford right now Man, I go back to California in a heartbeat. I don't know how you'd rather be here, but you yeah. know. Well, I just know that I'm gonna live in California the rest of my life, so I'm gonna. There you go. Outside of it, he said. He said he's getting drafted by the the Dodgers or the Padres. He's he's going back out there. Yeah. All right. So there's a uh, Ole Miss podcast. They really get uh, in deep. It's called Beer Showers, Bat Flips, and K's, and. They asked me to ask you a question pertaining to this whole California Ole Miss thing. They said there are several players currently at Ole Miss, including Derek Diamond, Wes Burton, and yourself, and there's been previous players. Um, you know, what makes Ole Miss so attractive? You know, you talked about you want to get out of California, but, I mean, what is it that, is, that really makes Oxford stand out and that baseball program in that school? Uh, it's just the environment out here is different. Like, people from California don't see it ever because college sports are not big in California. So it's just like the fans make it that much better. The, the game of baseball is that much better. And like, uh, I think it's just really attractive to someone like us that like would, would want that. Yeah, and we know that we talk about it all the time. Daniel is in Florida. He's an East Coast guy. And one of the worst things is he can't ever see anything West Coast because – 
by the time a lot of those games come on, it's bedtime. And so yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't get to see see what's going on out West Coast. And so if there is a lot of talent or there are good teams, a lot of people just aren't seeing them. So yeah. it's, it's definitely a reason. Um, you know, so we talk about that that change. We talk about that culture shock. You go to Cali, to Oxford. You get to that campus. Um, I, I mean, Oxford's beautiful. How do you feel, man, you, when you officially get there? You're, you're a student. What are the emotions like? Uh, well, I didn't get to feel those emotions until this past week because uh, it was my first time being at, on campus with a lot of people because last semester, last year, it was COVID. I was taking classes on my computer in my bedroom. I would wake up and just get on class and go back to sleep. Uh, but uh, at the, this is the first real football game I went to this past weekend. And uh, all the cheering and stuff made me uh, almost tear up because I was so excited that I like that it was back to kind of normal. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I bet that was interesting. Um, so you, you enjoy the Ole Miss football games, huh? They get pretty wild. Yeah, I love I love I love watching football. Yeah, now we we had that discussion actually uh, earlier today. I, I was talking um, to a freshman baseball player myself, uh, Brady Tiger at Arkansas, and uh, he went to his his first Arkansas football game. And same same thing that you're saying, like and and we we have talked to other athletes, and they say that's part of the college experience. Yeah, you play baseball or they may play whatever sport but one of the the best parts is being able to go to all the other sporting events and enjoy and take them in so that's a big part of the college experience for sure yes for sure all right so you definitely may have not had the regular oxford experience last year but you definitely were at swayze and so you know swayze is an amazing place what what were the emotions like the first time you got to be on the field there uh it's kind of sad but our first time playing there it was freezing uh, we played bad. Uh, so the first uh, impression of it was like, dang, like if we play like this, our fans are going to hate us. But no, we start, we picked it up after that point. And uh, it is amazing how much our fans love us. Like when we were, we were losing 11 to zero in the third inning against Arkansas. And there were still so many people there like supporting us like I feel like other schools the fans would just leave at that point and like it's just the students love it and I think it's just really sick yeah that actually makes me I'm going to kind of go out of order for a second because you brought that up I happened to be at the game where y'all were down nine to one to LSU and came back and um, there were some people that definitely left, but a good a good chunk stayed and they were rewarded big time by you guys that that was a fun game that was, yeah, that was a sick game. And so let's get into it. So you played all 67 games. Daniel, you know, mentioned it. Freshman baseball player of the year, um, you know, second team All-American, which you're only the second player in school history to be a freshman All-American. Selected the USA Baseball Collegiate National Team. Um, batted 355, which led the team. Um, 73 runs, 93 hits, 12 home runs, 55 RBIs. I mean, just amazing stat lines. But let's go to where the season started. Um, what an awesome opportunity. Globe Life Field, man. Y'all went to a major league ballpark, SEC, Big 12 matchup. Uh, how cool was it being in that place? It was, it was really sick because that was at the moment when all the stuff from COVID opened up. So that was the first time that they were like, yes, full capacity at these games. And that was that was the biggest crowd we played against played in the whole year. 
and uh uh luckily I, we got it the first weekend so it made it even more exciting and uh the nerves in my first at bat were a little up there but after i struck out <laughs> uh i was fine after that and it was a lot of fun yeah no you had a big series uh i want to start defensively everybody likes to talk offense but uh we love when somebody has a sports center top 10 play and you had one in your second game of the season in globe life field uh you know the spinning throw from shortstop against texas i mean how, how juiced were you after making that play? I mean, you were all the way out there in the grass. You made the spin. You threw an absolute dart. Yeah, uh, I was normal after I made it. I mean, I was – I would have been more mad than happy if I would have, like, not gotten him out. Uh, I, I think I like to – I like my teammates to get excited for me instead of, like, I like their energy better than mine for my own stuff. So, their energy was sick. From it so I, I enjoyed it yeah as it should be I mean you know we talk about sports in our top 10 d1 baseball I was able to look this up they ranked their top 10 plays of the year at rank number nine so like hey that's a that's a big deal d, when d1 baseball gives you the credit like that we already know about the other accolades but uh yeah that play I watched it about five times earlier and it, it didn't get old but you know, obviously hitting when you're at Globe Life, you got to hit every game. You had your biggest game against Texas Tech. Um, but overall, in the whole series, you know, you had four hits, four RBIs, and the, and the home run. Um, so clearly, you know, you're a freshman, but it wasn't – the transition didn't seem to be too hard. You, you know, you you fell right in seamlessly. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel very comfortable with how I – who I am as a baseball player. So, I like – that uh, before coming to college, I hadn't really seen velocity, but we played so much in the fall. I was I was ready to play another team and see other pitchers, and I was just ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually something that I didn't think about. You know, the the fall World Series, and I just thought about you going against Gunner and Nikhazy and and all those guys. Yeah, you faced some serious arms just getting ready for the season. Yeah, yeah. Our offense uh, looked just as good in the fall as it did in the spring so how uh you know how cool was it like you know y'all have a lot of upperclassmen on that team and freshmen um to be around so much you know veteran leadership did it did that really help you as you transitioned in as well yeah it really did and uh the connection that we all had while we were playing uh was unreal that was a really like well respected group of people that we had in our on our team and we like it made us better for sure yeah y'all have a lot of outstanding character we talked about the fan base there's you know there's a lot to love about what's going on down there in Oxford and, and the team and you know obviously you know you didn't get to where you wanted to and we'll get into that in a second but still you know a lot of good things um you know you talked about the Arkansas series obviously that didn't go you know the way you wanted to all the way but you know you had to hit every game there like that that's one of the constants that I see and you know when you have a 355 batting average you'll see that a lot. I mean, you know, you didn't, you didn't have very many series where you didn't come up with at least a hit. You were constantly getting on base. Uh, the game that stands out, you know, the series finale against Vandy three for three, three runs, four RBIs, two home runs. Like how awesome was that? Uh, it was really awesome because our whole team was excited to play that game. Uh, if like before the game, we were like, if you told me we were one and one going into Sunday against Vanderbilt, perfect we're gonna win this game like we're all excited to be there 
uh, our whole team showed up to play, and it was just a really fun game. Yeah, I think it was at that point because the three of us watched, you know, a good majority of the games of all the SEC teams, and we talked about it. And Randy, I'll give him his credit, you know, he was the one that said, I believe Ole Miss can swing the bat with anyone. He said, I think they can win any game. And, uh, you know, obviously y'all had some injuries and some some things that just didn't break your, you know, you know your way. But y'all's team after that win, it really felt like um, could definitely compete with everybody, especially because everybody knows how good Vandy is. So yeah. before before we get into like regionals and super regionals, I do want to talk about something as a shortstop. You know, I talked about, you know, your amazing play earlier. Um, you know, you had 15 errors on the season, you know, and I know when you're a shortstop, you, you get a lot of action, you get a lot of tough balls. And um, what would be the thing that you do to help correct that, to lower to lower that number going into next year? You as somebody who I, I would see as the amazing work ethic, putting in the time to perfect your craft, how do you get that number down? Yeah, so a lot of my errors were to my backhand last year. And I was, I don't know, like I worked at it and I never got it up. So it just means I got to keep working at it until I'm easy. And uh, it just, I don't know. So uh, those were a lot of the errors. And then also it's throwing errors. So it's really not even the fielding. Uh, I I probably had, I think, probably maybe five or six throwing errors. And that is five and six way too many th- throwing errors for sure. So. Well, I think I think they got the stat line wrong, Jacob. I watched a lot of Ole Miss games. I don't remember seeing that many. I think I think I think they did that to you just because they had to humble you down a little bit. Yeah. But uh, so let's get to regionals, man. We talk about Swayze. We talk about the environment. You know, I got to see it on TV. Absolutely electric. You know, like what were the emotions like seeing the crowd pumped? You know, your team obviously, like we talked about, could compete with anybody. You know. What what was the what was the coach saying? What was the team saying? And what was it like? You know, just taking the field. Uh, it was it was uh, way different than the regular season for sure. I didn't know it was going to be that different. Uh, they came into think uh, at least I came in thinking of it like we're going to win this. I don't like it doesn't matter what's like we're going to win. It's like not even a question. So I just I think all of us had that mentality. We had the confidence. So we were just playing a little different than we normally did. Yeah. And I mean, you know, y'all took care of business. Obviously you had the one loss to Southern Miss, but for the most part, I mean, um, y'all clearly look like the better team. And, you know, like I said, Swayze was just absolutely jumping. And so when y'all advanced, um, there was no shocker to any of us. And, you know, then you get to super regionals and, and you play against Arizona and, you know, I didn't know much about Arizona. We just sat there and talked about that West Coast thing, right? Hadn't seen much of them for, for me to know. Um, you know, they they clearly, you know, I want to get your, you know, your opinion, you know, respect factor before we talk about results. I mean, were, were they as good as they looked on TV from our view? Yeah, uh, they hit really well. They were the best. They were the only team that beat us. Uh, that I that I can only say that's the only team I could say that actually beat us. Uh, they uh, they were the toughest team to get out for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of them were hitting above 300. Uh, and they what made them really good was they would not strike out. Uh, it was really hard to get them to strike out. Yeah, and I think that was the thing, right? Because I go back to what Randy had said. You know, he messaged said these guys can out hit everyone. And 
you know, it was the first time, like you said, I mean, Arizona was crushing the ball, and it was all of a sudden for the first time, y'all were on the opposite end of that. Y'all, y'all had the other team that was just, you know, hitting. And now, of course, um, you know, game two, there were two stars in that game, and I know it's a big team game, but obviously Nikhazy's one of them, and, and Doug Day's an amazing, an amazing day. We had Doug on as a guest, love Doug, but, you know, can't discount what you did that game, you know, three for four with, with three RBIs, three runs, and, and, you know, a home run. Like, you clearly were in the zone. Um, you know, we keep asking what the emotions were like, but in that, that instance, I mean, you're now going to that, that elimination game one, one, you know, you're feeling really confident, you know, did y'all feel like, especially, uh, I know it was different with Taylor Broadway taking the mound, but the way y'all played game two, the way Doug had played, the way you had played, um, did you feel confident about game three? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 the whole year, every game, I thought we were going to go like every game. I was like, we're winning this game every game like I never had a doubt in us we were a great team and so it's the same thing and I knew that at the time I was like we also play really good when our backs are against the wall we've shown that uh every weekend we play and uh it just did not go in our favor we struck out a little bit too much that weekend and uh they were really good offensively so we it's hard to be the team when you're striking out so much. Yeah, and, I mean, I got to see them in Omaha the very first game they played. Uh, it was the, the first game I attended. I, I was in Omaha the whole time, and I watched them, and they were teeing off right off the bat, and I was like, they were every bit of the team I had saw on TV. And so, to your point, you know, they were good, and and I appreciate you, you know, giving them their due and saying, you know, they were the, the first team that, that was better than y'all. So, um, that's good stuff. But before I turn you back over to Randy, you know, uh, what's the one thing that you feel like you need to do? You know, we talked a, a little bit about the defensive thing, and that may be it. Um, obviously, batting, you know, you, you batted so well. But is there one specific thing you need to do personally to get better going into next year? Yeah, I need to – I, for me personally, I want to obviously make less errors, uh, be – try to be one of the best defensive players. And then also I, I personally believe I struck out too much last year. Uh, I think I, that number was a little bit too high for who I am. So I'm trying, I'm that are going to be, those are going to be my two things I'm going to work on this year is uh, just getting the ball in play a little bit more. And then also uh, just being way better defensively, like hopefully 10 less errors because errors are going to happen. And, uh, just going to try to limit them. So, Jacob, you talked about the experience of kind of being in Oxford, you know, not really getting it last year. So just you talked a little bit about it, but kind of walk us through. What's that been like so far? Like, is are people back on campus? Are you back? I mean, you're there? Yeah. Uh, so I started school. We're in our third week, I think. No, this is our fourth week of school. So we'll be ending a month of school this Friday uh, and everyone's back in class. The only difference is, is we have masks on, but it's way better than sitting at home on a computer. Uh, I feel like I learn way better and it's really cool seeing people walk around everywhere. We had the Grove going for tailgating right before this football game. So it was really sick. It was really nice to just be able to finally get an experience of what the school is like. Yeah, so we talked about at your high school the academic prowess of it. 
is so did that make college easier for you or how's that adjustment been going from a, co- a high school like you went to to Ole Miss yeah uh, I think uh, it did help me a lot also both my te- both my parents are also teachers so they also have the high expectation of good grades so I always keep my standards to that uh, I slacked off a little bit um, last year when we were online because uh, I was it, I had an excuse. I was like, it's online, but I shouldn't have had it. Uh, this year, I know I'm going to do better. Uh, it, I know it feels easier already, but I know I'm going to push to do good in school. Yeah, so kind of walk us through, what's a typical day look like for you, man? I mean, you waking up early, getting a workout in, you going to class first, what's going on? Yeah, so uh, I luckily we lift after our practices and our practices are around like one or two each day. So I don't have to wake up early. I made my schedules just so I didn't have to wake up early. Uh, So you're not an early, you're not a morning person is what you're saying. No, I'm way better at staying up at night than waking up early. Uh, So uh, I have class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, starting at 10. I wake up like 8.45, kind of get out of bed around 9 and uh, go to the grill, which is the pl- in our indoor practice facility. They'll serve breakfast. I'll eat the breakfast. Hold on, hold on. Let me stop you there. I got to ask this question. What are they serving over there? Are we talking like home fresh-made omelets, scrambled eggs? Yeah, what are so, we serving? So there is a sheet of paper. You write, you write down what you want for your omelet. Uh, you can go. They can make you a, any smoothie you want. Uh, they always have the regular stuff like the eggs, the potatoes. And the this is just for the athletes, stuff. right? Uh, it is not just for athletes. Anyone oh, can go man. eat there. But like most, me? Yeah, anyone. It's <laughs> any uh but it's mostly athletes because I don't know how many of the regular students know where it is like that they serve food. Oh, they're about to know, man. We're popular in Oxford, dude. They're about to know now. Yeah, they are. So yeah, you might have to wait in line for your uh, smoothies now. Yeah. What's your what's your what's your go to? If you had to pick one item at the grill, what are you getting? Ooh, that's a little tough because sometimes the eggs are a little runny. Uh, it would have to be the bacon. The bacon's always good. Get that right. fire maple crisp bacon. Mm. Yeah, it's always crunchy. That's how I like it. You like to eat your rivals like the Razorbacks, huh? I see. That's the kind of message I'm putting out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard that. So, all right, man, you're back in school. You're getting the good breakfast so that you say you got classes late. But now let's kind of move into the expectations. You talked to Jim about what you wanted to improve on. Obviously, we know the team's got a ton of talent. Losing some key leaders, obviously. But what is the coach's message going into the offseason and into this next season? Uh. It's the same as it always like as it was last year is that we we want to we're, we're going to win. Uh, we're going to this year, like we want to make it to Omaha, of course. And like the mentality around here is that we are going to uh, we feel like we're good enough to. And uh, yeah. Yeah. One last question. I'll turn you over to DB. Was there any distraction at all for you guys? not just the injuries, but when there were rumors floating around, obviously that the coach might leave, LSU might be a destination. Not that it ever really was, but was there any talk around the locker room about that? Uh, no, uh, I think uh, he sent us a great message after our uh, final loss against Arizona. Uh, 
he said he told us later on that he did get a call but he never went uh so we we like he was always upfront with us honest with us and uh so we never really thought anything we knew he loved us all of us and he wanted to be there I got I said one last thing but I mean I, I just honestly he he said before that he didn't want his kids playing for him and wanted him to go elsewhere so like I mean even if he did go to LSU is he gonna cut his kid I mean that would have seemed like a weird thing to do yeah I don't I don't think he would have cut his kids but I didn't I never heard of that before he, yeah, he, see, he seems really intense, like, and this is just from a TV perspective, but he seems intense. I think he would cut his kid. Like, I, I'm 100 percent like in, in the belief that he is going to cut his kid. Uh, that would be really harsh. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I you would hope not, um, you know, for the for the for the sake of the, the Thanksgiving dinner, like not being awkward, I think that he needs to probably just keep him on the team. But yeah, Jacob, man, we, we've, we've got you, your, your backstory. We got, you know, you know, your perspective on how things went last year. And we got, you know, up until the point now where you guys are getting ready to, you know, rock and roll. I mean, we're, we're looking at midway through September, we're going to blink our eyes and, you know, you guys are going to be coming back from in January, you know, and it's going to be full, go um so man you know we don't want to keep you too long but we do want to play a quick little game before we let you bounce all right all right sounds good all right so we're going to play this or that it's very simple i give you two options all you got to do is pick one option or the other the only two rules is you can't say both and you cannot say neither so you got to choose one all right all right being a guy that Obviously, you're, you're not a morning person, um, but given the option, would you rather never wait in line or never catch another red light? So I want you to think about this. You just unloaded the message and, and gave the little secret to the grill, and we're, we're guaranteeing there's going to be a line there now. So never wait in line or never catch a red light again. What do you got? Um. Hmm. I feel like I drive more than I wait in line, but I feel like waiting in line is so much more inconvenient than stopping at a red light. So I'd probably say waiting in line. All right. Uh, the next question is a serious question. And, and there's nothing against this guy that I'm about to bring up. Oh, no. Right? Not. But I need to know who would win in a home run derby? You or Ben Van Cleve? I know where my money's at. I would I would not ever put my money on someone else, so I would say me. Booyah. I got Love money that on answer. you too. And I like the answer, man. That's that's right. Have belief in yourself. If you want others to believe in you, you gotta believe in yourself first. So backstory had Ben Van Cleve on, and he told me, you know, I was a pitcher uh, back in the day. And he told me pitchers were dummies. They were idiots. They were morons. And then he proceeded to tell me that he was going to hit 10 home runs. Um, obviously, we know, you know how many home runs he had in, in, in that column this year. But I told him if he doesn't hit 10 home runs, he's coming back on the show and he's going to personally apologize to me. So <laughs> just, I, just let I him you. know that you, you heard from me and I'm expecting him to be on. 
very soon. I tell you what, boys, the kind of confidence that Jacob showed, Hayden Leatherwood might have just lost his spot in that possible in-off-the-bench home run derby. I might just have to kick him out. Move him to the side. Um, Would you rather be at the beach and surf, or would you rather be at the lake and fish? Oof. Uh, I've never surfed before. I've also never fished before. <laughs> so, All right, well, let's let's make it easier. Would you rather go to the beach or would you rather go to the lake? Uh, I would rather. I've never been to the lake a lake before either. So I would oh, wow. probably say go to the beach because that's I do like going to the beach. Hey, I got to tell you where you're at, Jacob. Uh, there's about five or six lakes that are in a very easy drive to you, man. You got to check one of them out, bro. Get out on the boat. Yeah, I I've, I wish I could, but I I always say this: I don't really have hobbies besides baseball. Uh, I don't know, like I never learned how to surf, ski, snowboard, like nothing, skateboard, like nothing, any of that. So, well, I mean, no video games, no ping pong, no. I mean, chess, I, I no... play video games, but I'm saying like the athletic hobbies, like that people just go and do. Like I don't, I don't do them. Hey man, the grind. I, I I can respect that. I can totally see that. I mean, obviously it's paying off the the mentality and, and the mindset that you have. I mean, you you're one of the best players in the in the country for a reason. Um, next question: Would you rather walk in a public bathroom barefoot, or would you rather walk through poison ivy barefoot? Uh. I would rather walk through a public bathroom because I could just go home and clean it off. Uh, the poison ivy is going to be itchy for a while. All right. Would you rather have, if you had to eliminate one of these for the rest of your life, no matter where you went, would you rather get rid of your cell phone or would you rather get rid of the access to a toilet? Hmm. See, I I don't know. I hmm, I would probably I don't know. That one's a, that one's a tough one because uh, I'm on my phone a lot. The problem more. is, is you're on your phone on the toilet. That's yeah. the problem. Is it, <laughs> if you get uh, rid of your phone, really... if you get rid of your phone, you're gonna be bored when you go to the bathroom. If you get rid yeah. of the bathroom, then it's like, well, I can't be comfortable using my phone. I mean, I don't really need to pee in a bathroom. Like, uh, that's easy, like anywhere. But I do I still get toilet paper wherever I go? Yeah, yeah, you can have toilet paper. Why not? All right, then I'd probably just keep my phone. There you go. I think I'd be the same. I think I just figure it out. Bathroom, hey, figure Daniel, it out. Man. Daniel, you figured since he was such a good hitter, you throw him a curveball question. You ain't never thrown that one at anybody. Yeah, it's 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 a new season. We got to add a, a a wrinkle in the game, man. I can't have yeah. these guys sitting sitting on my pitches, man. So, <laughs> would you rather spend ten days in a coma or five days in jail? Uh, I would rather spend five days in jail because I feel like being in a coma is kind of scary. And mm. jail is not. <laughs> come on, well, come on. The thing Jake, is, I can I can like kind of control what's going on when I'm awake. Uh, if you're in a coma, you never know what can happen. You're like, yeah. 
I, I don't think I could voluntarily put myself in a coma. I wouldn't be able to. Hey, the good news is Taylor Broadway took jail also, so that'll be a cellmate. Ole Miss guys, they'll protect each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to take that 10-year 10 10 nap and wake up and be just rested, ready to go. Don't give me jail because that would be a rough five years, and I ain't trying to live that life, man. Oh, it's five years. Five years. Oh, yeah, you said you said days. You Daniel. did say days. That's why I said that you made oh. this easy for my man. My bad. My bad. And, five years. Uh, I don't think I'd do five years in jail. Uh, if it's years, I'd probably just take the coma. And so now he just left Taylor Broadway out to dry. <laughs> yeah. But Taylor Broadway is a liar, anyways. He would. He, he's he's totally second second guessing that question now. Um. Would you rather be the first pick in the in the Major League Baseball draft, but you have to lose all contact with your friends and they can no longer be friends anymore? Or would you rather be the last pick in the draft and be able to keep your friends? So let me let me let me preface this question while you're pondering it by saying there's about an eight million to ten million dollar difference between those two choices yeah uh i don't know i mean i guess you guys know what that means right his friends ain't really his friends no anymore. <laughs> don't I'm, say it like that <laughs> i want to pick the last pick but also like i how I, who am i to say what pick i'm gonna be like i can't pick that uh the, the, the team's picking me. I'm not picking the team, really. So he's saying the he wants the he wants the first pick, Daniel. He wants the first pick. I mean, it's it, if if here here's what we're what we're trying to get to. Would you rather have money or would you rather have friends? I would way rather have friends than money. All right, Randy, ed educate our man Jacob just a little bit. Listen, man, I, I respect your answer. I completely disagree with you because. I'm going to get some money and I'm going to get some new friends. I don't even need them old friends, but I feel you. I respect your answer. It's noble, but I really feel like you're going to have friends no matter where you go. You know, you're a likable guy. Now you're going to have money and a whole new group of friends. Yeah. But then I could just keep my same friends and then also make new friends and then mm. just make, make some money. So, so Jacob, man, we, we've had about 90 episodes on this podcast. We're in season four and I've asked every guest that money or friends question in some form or fashion. And almost approximately 90 times has Randy told Jim and I basically that we ain't, we, any amount of money we're done. We're, he'll get rid of us. So. <laughs> it hasn't changed and it won't change. And, and that's why we love Randy. He tells us how it is, man. He keeps, he keeps us motivated to, to keep trying to do more so that we don't lose him as a friend. I just feel like everybody that it's easy to pick it until like $8 million is in front of your face. And then it's going to be like, oh, do I really, you know, do I really need Taylor Broadway as my friend? Not really. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jacob, anything you want to plug or promote, man, before you get off here? Uh, I do not have anything. All right, man, I do. I, I want to thank you. And when you guys, you know, either either right before you guys get get 
geared up for SEC play or, or after the season, we want to get you back on, man, because uh, I'm expecting another another giant season for you. All right, I appreciate it. I want to talk to him after he's the first pick in the draft, and we cut, we circle back around to that question. Yeah, man, let's let's do that for sure, for sure. All right, y'all check the Ole Miss baseball team out on Instagram at Ole Miss BSB. Check out Jake Gonzalez on Instagram at jake.jjg. And we're going to take a break. We're going to plug our sponsors, pay them bills. And when we come back, we got some headlines for you. Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society. And, you know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place, maybe whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Lee Watts. Easy Flea Tattoos. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find him at 1731 Dancy Boulevard in Horn Lake. Number is 662-280-0763. All right, boys. So you know I've struggled with pain. You know I've struggled with weight loss. You know I've struggled with anxiety, and you know I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary. Pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you leading off. We got to do some Major League Baseball. We got the Cardinals game on now. so. Um, you know, let's carry over that conversation that we, we had on the break about the Cardinals and, you know, we, for the most part have written them off and, but here they are a game out of the wild card. They're currently about to sweep the Mets now up. What is it? Four to nothing in the ninth, you know, Randy, I'll start with you, man. What is it that they're doing or are they doing anything special? They're just figuring out how to win games. I think that what they're doing is letting the, all the other teams around them implode. Because if you look, they're still playing 500 ball, but they're winning the games you got to win. Um, you know, taking winning the series against the Reds, which are right above them, that was huge. Uh, and it wasn't pretty, but they got it done. And they didn't blow the lead. That's been the problem all year. They didn't blow the lead. And, and tonight, you know, Wainwright, we talked about it during the break. The guy, he, he just wins. I mean, the guy's 40 years old, and he's got a shutout going into the ninth. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's you can't script it any better than when you you need it the most. You send your vets out there and they're doing what they get paid to do. Like Yachty's at the plate right now. I if he hit a home run, it wouldn't surprise me. So with that, Jim, you know we'll we'll talk about an ex Cardinal, Lance Lynn. He's back for the White Sox. Um, does this better their odds? I mean, he wasn't like the most stellar guy, but knowing the name and knowing what he can do, does he give them an extra push to make the World Series, or do you think their shot of making the World Series is, is still the same as it was without him? Ironically, because we just had an Ole Miss baseball player on, you know, I'm in those fan groups, and Lance Lynn being a former Rebel, um, they post a lot of articles that, that I've read on Lance Lynn, and the expectations by people who know a lot more about baseball than me believe that he's going to absolutely help them. 
And, you know, as Cardinals fans, we've seen the ups and downs of Lance Lynn, right? We've seen him when he's been phenomenal, and we've seen him when he's been terrible. But, I mean, if they get good Lance Lynn, this absolutely increases their odds. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I mean, we just talked about it with a guy like Wainwright, veteran leadership and veteran guys in playoffs that have been there. They matter. Um, we obviously know it's not if, it's just when do the White Sox clinch their spot in the playoffs. Um, we know they're going to be there. So, like, having that guy healthy at 100% is going to be key. But speaking of guys that are going to be hurtful, um, I don't want to get caught up into what the charges are or what the story is, but let's just leave it at Trevor Bowers out for the Dodgers. All right. Won't be in postseason. He's done for the season. Randy, do the Dodgers, knowing that they're how they're playing right now, they know that they won't have him. Um, does this make a difference? It always hurts when you don't have one of the best pitchers in the game. And not only that, I think that uh, the Dodgers can withstand this. They're deep as far as pitching goes. And I don't think that a veteran-laden squad like this is going to let this distract them. So I think if it could happen to any team, you know, I think the Dodgers are a good team to have it happen to. If this was the Padres or anybody like that, a young team, um, you know, I, I would be more worried. But I'm not as worried with the Dodgers. Jim, does him final or, you know, Major League Baseball and, and the Dodgers and, and them coming to a decision finally saying, all right, he's we're not doing this leave anymore. We're done. Does it take the pressure off and the and the Dodgers can kind of move forward now and not have this in limbo? Or does it still, in your eyes, hurt them moving forward? Yeah, I think it's the right thing to do. You got to absolutely cut bait and move on. You can't sit there and worry about that all the time. So, I mean, I we, we talk about this in all sports, right? I mean, distractions can really tear apart a team in a locker room. It just just get rid of it. Yeah, um, I, I tend to agree, especially now. The less distractions that you can have, the better. And to me, it just seemed, and I'm sure the, the clubhouse probably could agree with this, they would love to have them, but the pending issue that's going on is just a distraction. So let's. Let's cut our ties. Let's let's put him out and let's let's focus on on at the goal at hand. Um, I want to go back for just one second. We're talking about right. Lance Lynn because I didn't get a chance to talk about that. You know, Lance Lynn's quote this year was, "After beating the Cardinals, I'm not gonna lie to you. That was probably the most satisfying win I've ever had in my career, outside of the playoffs." Hey man, Lance Lynn. Nah, bro. The most satisfying thing for all Cardinals fans, was when you were not on the roster anymore. True. That's all I got to say about that. So take that for data. I got, I got, some, I got, I got some data for y'all. I, I was just totaling it up because I wanted to look. Because, you know, we, we talk about the wild card standings a lot, right? And as y'all know, Toronto now leads the American League wild card standings. I'm going to call it da – or. I was going to say, Daniel, Randy, the Blue Jays are 39 and 21 since drafting the cheese. That's all I'm going to say. So it's all about that cheese. So let, then let, let's get to standings. Um, I can't wait to actually message him that. I'm going to tell him that drafting him absolutely changed the entire organization. But, well, you might be right about that. He might have changed the whole, like, personality and, and mindset that those guys have around that clubhouse. Um, 
you know, he, he'll probably be happy to hear it if you, if you text him that. But I do want to talk American League standings. Tampa Can we Bay. Talk breaking news, real quick. Breaking news. Oh, we got some breaking news. Breaking news. The Cardinals are now up six to nothing. Molina had an infield single. That's got to be like one of five in his career. Infield single. Look, it's the Yadi. Yadi just, he's, he's getting better with age. He's figuring out how to do more with less. I just, I don't get it. And now, now the Mets are going to the pen. You know, Jim, if you're lucky, Tyler O'Neill might get a chance to hit again this inning. Oh, yeah. Sweating. Yeah, I bet. Um, so, is it is it safe to say that the American League, the American League divisional winners are going to be the Rays in the East, the White Sox in the Central, and the Astros in the West? I mean, we got about yeah. half That's... a month, two and a half weeks left. About I don't know, fifteen games, maybe, uh, maybe sixteen. I, I I don't know, but is it safe to say we can go ahead and start start penciling those guys in? Yes. So it, it's, it really comes down to, as far as divisions go, the National League. And, and to be honest, guys, I think the National League can go ahead and pencil them in, too. And I know what y'all are going to say. Um, I think you could pencil the Braves in for the East. You can definitely pencil the Brewers in for the Central. And I know y'all are going to say the Dodgers go ahead and pencil them in, but I'm not. Like, I'm penciling the, the Giants in. They got this. You know, hey, Randy, real quick, on the Braves thing, I got to thinking about it. You know, you talked about when they had lost Acuna, um, and, you know, teams don't usually get better when they lose their best player. I was reading an article, and I, I had completely forgot about it because it happened before the season. You know, they had even lost Ozuna going into the season. Oh, so, he played a bunch of games, but it he? was early. Yeah, he played yeah. a bunch of games. But either way, to the point, you lost two big bats – and then you're teeing off. That's crazy. Well, whenever you got a pro's pro in Freddie Freeman and then the young gun, Austin Riley, but Freddie Freeman is the, stall, the straw that stirs the drink on that team. That's yeah, why he is a leader and, for him. And, and just in from Cheese, he said, you're damn right. He nah. said, it's all about that cheddar. Look at that. You knew if anybody was going to text you right back, it'd be him. Well, no, because that man went MIA for about three weeks. He claims his social media was hacked. Yeah. But I don't believe that because his friends didn't know where he was. I I think he went to Toronto, and you know how they got their their COVID restrictions. I think he couldn't get back. (laughs) I don't think that they gave him enough signing bonus. He couldn't afford the international texting plan, man. No, man. He said, "Let me let me figure this out. Give me give me some time." So that's that's the question you get to you get to ask him, Randy. When when they come on, we get an update. Ask ask him about how it was and why why he couldn't be found. Right, he needed the NIL when he was in Tennessee, so he could get some of this loot. I know. Maybe that's what he was doing. He was trying to figure out how to get undrafted so he could go back and make some money. Velveeta would definitely sign. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Hey, that's what I was going to ask you, Randy. Because of his nickname and, and you know his popularity at Tennessee, I mean, he would have had to strike some deals for sure. Oh, he would have had some restaurant would have named their grilled cheese. You know, the cheese. The Dallas. Sure. The, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> the Chad. The, yeah, the Chad. All right, so. I think we're we're good with with standings. Let's let's do some predictions as far as wild card because that's really where the race is. Jim, you you picked it last week. Blue Jays, they're now you know they've they're in the wild card race. They're up a, a half game. Uh, the Red Sox are are 
secure in a spot, and then the Yankees are a half game behind them with the Mariners and the A's. I, I kind of don't want to pick because I finally got one right. I want to stay. I want to stay on a. I mean, it ain't a winning streak, but on the winning side because I'm gonna pick wrong this week. I mean, you you could you could go down to the National League. The Dodgers are securely, you know, holding on to that wild card up 16 games. But then you got the Padres and the Reds tied up, and it looks like the Cardinals are going to pull even closer to them. Um, they are currently out one game until this game ends, which is just a, a matter of time now. Um, but then you got the Phillies two and a half, the Mets three games. Um, where 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 are you leaning? For your prediction, what's different next week, Jim? You know what? I'm going to let Randy have the Cardinals because I know that's where he's going. I'm, I'm going to put the Yankees back in front of the Red Sox. Mm-mm-mm. I would pick the Cardinals. I, I, I think that would be universally all three of our picks. So I'm going to pick something different. I'm going to let – because I know Randy was already all over it. So I'm going to let my man have it. It's true. He knows me. I'm going Cardinals back in the uh, – taking over, obviously, the Reds and the Padres. Get it. Get it. All right, so I guess that leaves me with with the the decision here. Are you going to go and, Phillies again? I mean, you keep picking them; you might get right eventually. No, no, because we're we're getting into crunch time, and and I don't want to. It's it's like when you have a fantasy football team and you you start the quarterback of your favorite team on your fantasy team, and they have a shitty day. It just it just you know their your team's gonna lose, so I don't I don't want to go that route with the Cardinals. Um, so what I will say is, I think the race in the American League is going to be a lot closer. I think the Mariners and the A's. I don't think they're gonna have a wild card spot, but I think it's going to be really close between the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Mariners, and the A's. Probably half a game, if not a bunch of ties. Bro, so you're riding it. the fence right now. This ain't no – this is friends or money. You don't get to pick all of them. All right. Give me the, the Mariners in. The Mariners are in the wild card. The Yankees are going to continue to, to, to falter. You know, I picked the Mariners a few weeks ago, and you scoffed at me. Hey, but before we get away from the Yankees, guys, look, you know I'm a Stanton guy, too. He hits that blast. He mocks Lindor. Lindor got the last laugh. Boy, that was epic. Didn't And he hit, like, three bombs. He had three, I mean, yeah. Golly. But, but to have Stanton hit the go-ahead, mock him going around the thing, you know I'm loving it because I'm a Stanton guy. And Lindor to one-up him and hit his third bomb to ice the game, that's just G status. Can we talk about that for a second, though? Because as Stanton's rounding the bases, you know, they're talking trash to each other. Lindor's pointing, like, come get some. I mean, does he really want that smoke? No, nah, bro. Nah. Come on. Because he knows the benches are about to clear. Nobody's going to be doing that. You know what I'm saying? It, I don't. Ray, Randy, on. you've talked about it as much as anybody I know when it comes to sports. There's only a few guys usually in every sport that actually really want to do it. All the rest are just doing it for show. Well, Rough Net Odor proved that when he <laughs> the two-piece and the biscuit to my man, Batista. That so, that that will be only second to Nolan Ryan. If it wasn't for Nolan Ryan, he would he would own the best ever. Facts. So was Lindor thumbs down to the the fans, the Mets fans, or is that a different guy? No, that was Baez. Yeah, <laughs> Javi. 
which yeah, he, I'm not a I'm not a fan because he's a cub for cub. life. Yeah, yeah, he'll feel like a cub for so will Bryant Rizzo. They all will. I did catch myself almost when Chris Bryant went back and he was all emotional. I, I, for one split second, I was like, oh, and then I was like, man, that guy. You, you know, you know what? Because it goes all the way back for me, Randy. I went and watched the Redbirds when he played for the Iowa Cubs and he hit multiple bombs in a game and they won here in Memphis. So I ain't like Chris Bryant from the jump. Dang. Nice. Chris Bryant, haters. Haters, haters, haters. No. Um, so let's let's get out of baseball. Let's talk college football. Uh, week two of the college football season. Uh well, it's been crazy. There's, I think I saw something where there's more ranked teams losing in the first two weeks of the season than maybe any season that we've ever had. So, you know, it, it's just been crazy. Um, Randy, I'll start with you, man. What are some takeaways from this past week of, of, of college football? Um, Oregon with the was, I mean, the statement of the week. I think that they always get talked about as being one of the better teams, but they can't quite get over that hump, right? And not that this was a national championship, but a win against Ohio State is a big win, no matter when it is. Um, so I, th- I thought that was something I took away. And also, I mean, man, I'll tell you what, boy, Alabama, I tell you, I'm so it's like same old story, right? They everybody everything changes all around us, but that team stays the same and gets more dominant. Well, and that's what I was gonna say, Randy, because you bring up the Ohio State loss and we talked about Clemson loss last week and we said it. You know what? Like if you look at who left Ohio State and you look at who left Clemson, only Alabama reloads to the point that the, the team is right back at number one. Agreed. Uh, well, I, yeah, you're right. And I do think that what what we have seen is some of this uh I saw an interesting stat today, and I won't spend a lot of time on this, but uh, Willie Tiger at Florida State was fired after going 9-21. and um, Obviously, everybody knows Florida State. They almost come back and beat Notre Dame, and then they lose to Jacksonville State. Uh, we all know Mike Norvell, fan of the sh- – you, you know, we're all fans, I think. Um, but that dude would have to go 6-4 and four the rest of the year just to get to Willie Tiger's record of nine and 21 that got him fired. I ask you both this question. I'll start with you, Jim. If Mike Norvell doesn't finish the season as a, with a winning record, does he get fired just like Willie Taggart after two seasons? Yes. Cause they have no patience in Tallahassee. I don't, I don't think they can financially. I, I agree. But I, then I ask you both this and this is controversial. Are we going to be talking about why are they not firing an African-American? They fired an African-American coach. They're not firing Mike Norvell for doing it, even worse. We're we're definitely going to hear that, and I'm I'm going to be honest with you guys. If Deion Sanders keeps having success, I guarantee you that name's gonna you're going to hear that name more and more. Um, will, but let me. Let, well, I was going to ask you, Randy, with Deion, the Deion question. I mean, obviously he's going to make his money, but with him being rich already, do you think money is necessarily a factor when hiring him or he would rather just have a big-time job? I, so, uh, great question. And I think that money, it's more about ego than it is money. That guy doesn't need money. But everything that he's been saying, he said that if I could go back and redo it, I would go to an HBCU. Obviously, it's easy that he's using that as recruiting. But if he does take the Florida State job, it's almost like a, it's like everything he's been saying about HBCUs was just recruiting, and everybody will know that. So, I mean, does that put a, a chink in his armor? 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think there's a lot of work that he wants to do there, and I think if if he just up and 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 takes Florida State's job, the Florida State job, if it was offered to him, I think you're right. There would be a lot of sour people out there. Um, but would there be enough sour people to overshadow those that would be happy about him being at Florida State if it happened? No, that's where the money is. Yeah. That's 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 there. That is a needle mover, and and all the work he's doing, he's getting them noticed at Jackson State. But they'll never compete for a national championship. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't know if Florida State if if Mike Norvell has a winning season, but. I, let's say he's, he has a 500 season this year. Do they fire him? I don't think so. If he has a losing season, I still don't think they fire him. I just, I don't think they're putting a lot of weight into last season. I, I think, I think they will, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, and then, I, I mean, DBs, I, I'll start with you on this one. If Mike Norvell does get fired, I mean – all of the speculation was that he wasn't offered a job out, you know, when he was at Memphis for some off the field issues, then he does get the Florida state job. I mean, is he going to be that marketable to other teams? I mean, would he have to go back to a mid mid major, all due respect to mid majors? Would he have to go back that route? Or do you think another big time job's waiting on him? I mean, he might be open. It, it depends <laughs> on, it depends on what, where it is so like give you an example a team like kansas kansas's big 12 team terrible football in a in a bet are they in the better position than a mid-major hell no all right so the team is trash. No, they, they, they got smoked by a mid-major in coastal carolina actually this week yeah. so <laughs> that's, that's that's what i'm getting to so it's almost maybe it would be better for him to go to a mid-major because the the expectation of winning right away and him having some time to like build because i i don't i don't think it's coaching i mean yeah like i i think there was a blunder in you can call it coaching um but you know when you listen to what he had to say as far as the play itself like there's rhyme and reason for for the, the defense being the way it is, I mean, whether you agree with it or not, like I'm not deep enough in the coaching coaching circles and in the football coaching cycles to know whether that's right or wrong. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like a mid-major would be a better spot than going to a, a bigger school anyways. Well, since, since we were on the, on the coaching thing and I made the jab in there, I don't know if you heard it, Daniel. Randy, if LSU goes 500 – this year is oh out yep i think so too i do too and i think that a name that that i think will get a lot of traction at lsu is uh liberty's hugh freeze Mm -hmm. and i think that would be a fantastic fit for lsu i mean the reality has set in you know you had dave aranda who was a a defensive, you know, genius Joe every year. Brady. You had Joe Brady, and then and he's you had, struggling in the NFL. And then, you had, and then you had, but then you had Joe Burrow, who, which you see in the NFL, you see Jefferson, you see Chase, like Patrick Queen, you know, whatever side of the ball. You, 
he he won based upon the the assistant coaches that were there and the talent that was on the field. Simply, I mean, he was a great leader of men. You know, I stood by him. I said oh, he was the perfect for that role. But now that that all that other stuff's not there, and and he actually has to to do more to his job, it is an issue, and it's back to Ole Miss him. again. Because he, because for that role, he was good for it. And he I just, didn't. I told you then. I still thought he was not. A, but I'm not. I'm here. I hear what you're saying about the leader of men. I just. I never thought that he's a great head coach, and I thought that he was overachieving based and, on what you said. And LSU fans tripped me out, man. They beat McNeese thirty-four to seven, and they like feel like everything's righted. Like, uh, no. <laughs> Well, winning cures all. I mean, that's um, we know that. But I'll tell you the other shock, Dan, because you asked Randy what your shock was, and I'll ask you guys what you think. You know, there is so much hype about Texas A&M, right? And, yeah, they got away with the win and they survived. But, guys, to be ranked fifth and be a team that they say could beat Alabama and only beat Colorado 10-7, that's a major red flag to me. Well, yes, but how good is Colorado? There's always a team that you play that throws you off your game. And they can typically those teams are not near as good as you as far as stats and athleticism and athletes in general. Um, so maybe it just something wasn't didn't match up and it was just a tough game. I agree, like they need to beat Colorado by more. The good thing is is they won the game. So, I mean. You know, the bad thing that, for Texas A&M, Arkansas is in the West, and they look legit. It did. Well, I'll ask you, Randy, is Arkansas legit or is Texas overrated? Uh, it's The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, but I do think that the way Sam Pittman has really endeared himself, not only to Arkansas fans, but to – make him like a likable team because, I mean, he's out there, yes, sir, and just, you know, doing it on the line. I mean, it's three yards in a cloud of dust, and there was absolutely nothing Texas could do to stop it. They didn't run gimmicks. They didn't do anything like that. They just lined them up and beat their ass on the line of scrimmage. And it's I think uh, Arkansas fans can love that. And I got something for y'all that I haven't told y'all yet, and I'm going to do it on the podcast. Y'all going to be so mad. I was set up with KJ Jefferson last year to come on the podcast and like some things happened. Basically we, we veered, we veered a different direction and now you see what he's doing. And it's like, boy, did I really let that go? Yep. You did. It's mm. neither here nor there. Actually it was, it was there, but it was there. <laughs> and it was didn't here. even know about it. Hey, my nephew Ryan was the one that actually had the hook up on that. I, I have to shut him out. He threw it, and that's how I remember because he threw it back in my face Wait, the other day. So if Ryan was as good as we, we think he is, I mean, why can't he get him now? You know, he I mean, probably can. I mean, I'm open every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Um, you know, you guys mentioned Arkansas head coach you got to shout out the Arkansas athletic director. That guy, he, he knew the goalposts were coming down. He knew fans were going to, going to storm the field and they had him mic'd up and he said, I don't care. I'll pay the fine. Let them have fun. And there were like students 
coming to him, saying hello, like as they're storming the field. And he was like, he was like, it's a good win. Go, go enjoy it. Go celebrate. Go have a good time. He wasn't trying to like hold anybody back. He wasn't trying to be the Debbie Downer. Um, he was advocating for those guys to just be college kids and have a good time. So you know, hey, shout out to him. That's what's up. While I like it for him, this is where a problem comes in for me. So I had Arkansas fans trashing LSU last week when they lost to UCLA. And then they stormed the field on Texas, the team that LSU, when they beat, it's just another day. And that's when I say, you know, when you get that excited and then you you get excited about our loss and you get excited about beating Texas, it tells us about my program versus your program. Well, I'll tell you this. The players and the coaches have no control whether people storm the field or not. So the people that are storming the field are those that are writing the post. So, I mean, if you ask the players, every win matters, no matter how big a program is or how small a program is. But like, I, since I, Randy's a Tennessee fan, I think the only team they storm the field for is Alabama period. The Man, I don't even know if they do it for that, but yeah, I, I, I think they should. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but when they beat Florida a couple years ago, there was no storm in the field. I mean, come on. Well, what about now? No, this was just a, this was only, but this wasn't like that it was, was ten years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, it was just three years. They're not no, going to storm the field. I, I'm just saying, is that a coaching philosophy, a fan culture? It's a culture uh, thing. Jim touched on it. it's a culture thing. Arkansas has been down for so long. Even I mean, you got to go back. And people make jokes, but I mean, they've really never been great. But I mean, they haven't had. They have a big win every, and it always seems. And this is no knock on Jim. But it seems like they like every couple four or five years they beat LSU and that's like their national championship. Mm-hmm. And then to I don't think I think the Texas thing was just so it was brewing because like they're old rivals and I, mean, I love the horns down hype. everywhere. That's the best part. Yeah, because so, f f that rule of no horns down. So would it be like if let's say Cincinnati stays ranked, Memphis plays them, Memphis beats them, and Memphis. Fans don't storm the field. They're like, oh, it's another day. Mm, but just, they will storm the field. Oh, 100%. Here, here's my take. Storm the field every chance you get when you play a big team because those wins are hard to come by and they're not guaranteed every year and they're a big freaking deal. So well, let me ask you on. a question. Yep. If, and I, I know, I think I know the answer. If Memphis beats Mississippi State this weekend, are they going to storm the field? I don't think so, and, and here's why. Did they? Hold on. Let me ask this question before you answer. Did they storm the field against Ole Miss? Mm-hmm. No. Yes, they did, they, but not like all sixty thousand. So there was a lot, and they didn't tear the goalpost yeah. down because that Ole Miss team was ranked in this Mississippi State team. When, when they beat Eli, they stormed Eli, the field. Eli, yes, yes. Any other win that we've had, it wasn't. If you if if people are on the field, it wasn't like. They only stormed so the field it, when they beat the Mannings. Yeah, so if they didn't storm the field when that Ole Miss team that was ranked, I don't think they would do it against Mississippi State, who's unranked. It's only They're only a three-point favorite. And I ask you, and I, and I say that, I don't think they will either. And I say that because if you're Memphis and you really truly feel like you're on that level of Mississippi State and your program has achieved success the last five, six, seven, eight years, 
you can't storm the field when you beat them. You you should beat Mississippi State. Yeah, given the fact that you just got left out uh, of going to a bigger conference, like you, you storm the field against them, it makes it look like you're inferior, and you 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 know to me that that shows that shows your hand. Like no, don't storm the field against them. What, what I'll ask you guys is, okay, let's say we beat Cincinnati, and Cincinnati, let's say they're fifth in the nation. Let's throw, oh, you're uh, storming that, though. Yeah, for, for sure. I think hey, we got to. Talking about that game, though, you know, I actually talked to, to Morris and Thomas um, today, and, uh, you know, I made sure to send them a message and tell them that, you know, Will came on the, on the episode talking about what he was going to do to Memphis and LSU, both our teams. And uh, and I said I, I know I know the defense having some struggles, but I said get it together this week, pin the mirrors back, and uh, both both wrote me back, no problem. So like I know that's easier said than done, but I have faith in our guys. Well, Morris didn't play this week, and it looks like he's going to play against um, Mississippi State. So that's a good sign. Um, I don't know what the situation was. I don't know if he was sick or. There was some kind of issue, but he didn't play. Um, glad to read that he will be playing against Mississippi State because, you know, he he's a difference maker. You, if you've seen him play, you know what I'm talking about. Um, guys, let's get it. I was going to say, say pick, but, you know, we got to talk old picks before we do new picks. So go ahead and do your thing. Yeah, so old picks, obviously the game of the week would, you know, well, let's start with this. Last week. Jim has one point. Randy had two. I had three. Um, you get one point for the game of the week. You get two points for your small underdog pick, and you get three for your super underdog pick. And we're going off point spread, so like it, it, you could pick the favorite to win, but they have to hit the point spread. But either either way, this week the game of the week was Oregon Ohio State. Um, Randy was the only one of us that got a point. He picked Oregon outright. Oregon went one. They were getting 14 and a half points, which, you know, knowing what Jim and I know about Ohio State and spreads early in the season, like, that's a no-brainer to pick Ohio State. But Well, y'all should have known because the week before well, they pushed. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what's crazy. And then, then they go into Oregon. Or, you know, Oregon comes to them and it's like immediately that 14 and a half points that you saw, like you you could tell it's it's going to be a, a rough day for Ohio State. They, they didn't um, really they didn't really have much of a match. And it's crazy to me, Oregon. Did I did I read this wrong or is this correct in saying that they weren't they didn't have all their starters? They weren't at 100 um, percent. You know, I, that that's a big win. That's a that, shit. That's a huge win for them to go on the road and into that place and, and go win like they did. So, well, I heard I heard a stat before that game happened, and uh, if this is if this is true, I think if Oregon would have lost, um, I think they said that every Pac-12 team minus UCLA would already have a loss. I think I heard that, and if that was the case, man, that's because 
in order for one of those teams to have a chance to make the playoff, you have to absolutely run the table. You can't have a loss in the Pac-12. So yeah, that, was, I, I, that was huge for them to keep their conference hopes alive as well as themselves. Yeah, I mean, USC lost this week. Arizona State is 2-0, so that's the okay. other team. So they're 2-0. Utah, I'm not sure what they are. I think they lost to BYU, so they're – but anyhow, yeah, I mean, for those Pac-12 teams, it's almost you got to go undefeated or other people have to lose. But, I mean, that's – Easier said than done, but going in there and beating Ohio State's a good start. So, Randy, for that game, you got one point. You're the only guy that got a point. So then that moves over to our small underdog pick, which is seven points and below. Um, Jim, you took Arkansas, and you got two points. Arkansas, absolutely. They were getting six and a half. They absolutely dominated Texas. Uh, Randy, you took Mississippi State. They were getting a point against NC State. Um, they took care of business. I took Iowa. They were getting four, uh, and they took care of business against Iowa State. So we all got two points for that pick. And then none of us got any points for the Super Underdog. Which I want to I wanna throw out there, anybody who listened to the recording last week, I had a pick, and you talked me out of it, and I was pretty sold on it, and that would have worked. I picked – Toledo against Notre Dame, and you told me I was stupid. And Dad Gummit, they only lost by three. Oh, well, then you can pick Toledo this week if it makes you feel better. Oh, or, Notre, or Notre Dame. <laughs> you kept me from being tied at the top. I'm mad about it. Well, I'm sorry. You 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 chose to go with MTSU um, getting 19, and they almost I think did they lost by, 21. by 22. Yeah. Wait, let's break down these points again. How many points did I end up with? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Because you did that to me, I want to defend Randy on something. I had a thought process, and I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say now. He did pick the game of the week, but because it was a 14-and-a-half-point spread, d- does he not get a bonus? I mean, golly. No. You got a bonus last week. No, no, I didn't. You gave yourself a bonus because the the you made that I, rule system in that two, and you got the two points because it was I, a big spread. That was on the. That was on the super dog. Randy, I had, I, I, I I had a super dog. That Not just that. happened to pick him at the game as the game of the week. They were fourteen and a half, bro. Sorry, I, that's not how the game works. I, th- I think you should give him an extra point. I think he needs a bonus point. I demand a recount. This is like yeah. hanging chads all over again. So. So here, here's the problem that we have when I when I text you guys the rules, nobody has a problem with them then. But then when you're not winning or you're losing or you're tied, like then there's a problem with. The I feel like it's like, because you changed the rules. I, I did not change the rules. I I have it. In I writing. think where you went wrong is you think we, we actually read the rules of the text. We just said, uh, OK. I, I know you guys didn't read the text because when we get to NFL, we got a lot of holes there. And to be honest, like, Randy, you didn't even really pick a super dog this week. You picked a bunch of little ones. And so I took the Tennessee game and the Arkansas game, and if you got them right, I was going to be nice and give you two points. But you didn't get those right either because you picked Tennessee getting two and a half, and you picked Arkansas State getting five and a half. Um, neither neither one of them worked out for you. And I, I'm not one to talk because I took Kansas at 25 and a half and they ended up getting beat by like 30. So um, 
nobody got the the two points for the super dog so or the three points for the super dog so i'm sorry right, let's move on this week i'm getting a clean sweep damn it but I'll, I'll update you guys on the score currently jim sits in last place with three points randy and i sit at the top tied with five points so anything can happen so moving on to this week randy since you had such a good week last week <laughs> i will let you pick first the game of the week alabama against florida alabama well florida's getting 15 and a half points who you taking god this hurts my soul we couldn't have picked a different game of the week my That's goodness the I'm I think gonna, it's funny. I think it's funny because it's a super spread again. <laughs> I know, right? This is this is the way it goes. I'm going to go with Florida to cover. Okay. That, hey, hold on, hold on. There's a potential another game if we don't want to make that the game. There is number 22 Auburn yeah, against Auburn number and 10, Penn, Penn State. State. I agree. That should be the game of the week because it's a much closer spread. Yeah, it's only six points. Oh Lord. All right. I'm glad I, I put all no. the notes and write. No, all you, this you, stuff we're gonna go with your it. game. We're going with your game of the week. I got Florida to cover. All right, <laughs> you uh, cover. Fifteen and a half, man. That's a lot. I'm I'm rolling tide. Go ahead and write it. You going Bama? Yeah. I'm going Florida, for sure. All right, Jim. Who you got six points or seven points or under? If you want to go Penn State and Auburn for this game, knock yourself out. Small dog, less than seven points. No. I'm just gonna really mess ish up in this in this place. I want Indiana. You're taking Indiana. What's that? What's the spread on those guys? Three and a half dog to Cincinnati. Essentially, you're picking Indiana to win. No, Cincinnati can win by field goal, and I got it. Okay, but I guess my the question should have been: Do you think Indiana is going to win? Yes, because I just have a feeling. I got a good feeling. Well, I'm taking Cincinnati with the points. I think they're going to win by more than three and a half. I thought the whole that? point was we had to pick underdogs. Well, I mean, I, I'm just going by spreads. You don't have to. Whoa, we've been playing this game wrong since last year. I thought we always had to pick the underdog. Randy, were you under that understanding? I thought we did pick dogs, but, I, you know, I, I don't always read the text messages, so. <laughs> the rules got changed again. <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm done with this. Y'all can take this over and <laughs> no, you no, this won't get done if you don't do it. So I'm picking a I'm, I gotta go seven or lower. I just want to know why there isn't a line on Stony Brook in Oregon. I need Stony, to know. <laughs> Stony Brook is division two. Hold uh, on, let's I got I'm gonna go seven or fewer. Man, this is uh not a lot this week, guys. This is a yeah, this is a tough one. Cincinnati, Indiana, you got West Virginia, Virginia Tech. Um, Give me – all right, Michigan my dog, State, Miami. I'm going BYU. BYU 
to cover against Arizona State. They're getting three and a half. All right. I'm picking them out right, but that doesn't matter. I'm just going to go with the spread. I'm so excited about my big dog. Oh, man. Oh, it better not be my big dog. Does it involve a dog? Nope. Mine does not. Then it's not, then it's not, then it's not the same one. All right. So here's here's what I'm going to, going to go with on mine. I'm going Ole Miss, and I'm taking them to beat Tulane by more than 14. That's my big dog. I think that's a – so we don't pick underdogs. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm changing. I mean, that, I don't, that, that is the way I have – I got you. I got you. So I mean, you're, you're saying to cover the, more than the spread. Yeah. I mean, it, you're going by just – basically a spread below seven points okay and a spread above seven points because i mean that's that's really the challenge it, it's if we were just picking okay. games like i don't know how any other way to make it more fair that's the fairest way to do it in my opinion all right and give me the, the big dogs gotta be how big is the line because typically if you pick underdogs the record is going to be really like we're going to lose way more than we win. That's why my record has remained low. Well, and that's why we changed it this year to do points so that we look well, like we know well, I what can't, we're talking I can't about. wait. I'm taking a major underdog. I'm taking a 31 point dog. Give me right. South Carolina on Georgia. That's a horrendous pick. Wait, which way are you going? I'm saying that Georgia doesn't cover 31. Oh, zero chance. South Carolina is god awful. They're going to win by 50. Nope. All right, Randy, who you got? How big's the line got to be? Seven or more. Well, over seven. Seven and Ooh. a half. Oh, this changes things. And you picked you picked Ole Miss. I did. Okay, so I'm going to go Ohio State is going to win by more than 26 and a half. Ooh. Over Tulsa. They're going to win by maybe 100. Hey, can I change my little dog? It's already written down. Sorry. What are you going to change it to? Michigan State beats Miami. Miami mm. sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm getting six and a half. I like it. Yeah, I would pick Michigan State to win that game out, right? But I like that you get six and a half. So how in the, how, can we talk about something for a second? How in the world, once again, is Michigan ranked? It makes no sense. They're 2-0, and oh, man. That's how I don't crazy. care. They played Stony Brook. I, I don't know. It's the I wanted the, to pick Memphis over uh, Mississippi State, but uh, they couldn't stop Butch Jones' offense. I'm not sure they can stop my boy Will Rogers. I, so I went back and watched the game again today. Because I wasn't able to, like, I was watching it in pieces and segments on Saturday. It wasn't as bad as it, as the score indicated. All right. Like, we, there there was not a single point during the game, and maybe it's subconsciously, I know we were going to win the game anyways, because I knew what the score was. But there wasn't a time throughout that game where I was like, they're going to win. Can we not, talk not, about the biggest loser of that game? Uh, sure. ESPN. That was the worst 
broadcast in the history of broadcast. I have watched professional cornhole that was better broadcast than that football they, game. They was. spent a whole segment on that talking about it on the radio today. Whether it was the commentary, you didn't have a first down line, you didn't have replays, nothing. They missed whole plays. I mean, they missed whole touchdowns. They said, they said, because I didn't watch it, yeah, they said the best play of the day was missed by Memphis. All, right. Touchdown. All right, so here's what I'm going to tell you. I, If you're hung up on the broadcast on ESPN+, Plus, like, I think you're sorely missing out on the bigger picture, and that's the game, the players, the coaches, and what actually happened. Because being in Tampa and not getting the opportunity, A, to go to games, or B, watch them, so I rely on... It ain't you, Randy. Question to those Memphis people. Why the fuck didn't you just go to Jonesboro and go to the game? <laughs> hey, I hey, bet no, you no. got a hot-ass take, but we didn't hear none of that shit. <laughs> hey, it came right back in when he dropped the F-bomb. <laughs> so. Uh, it's, it's storming like crazy, so my internet's kind of. Daniel cussed so many times that it muted him. Y'all hear me now? Oh, yeah. You back now. All right. You came back just in time for the F-bomb. Man, I don't know if y'all heard me. It's raining like a mother here, so my internet been saying it's raining in Florida? No. Yeah, no. No, what I was saying is, you know, just to recap. Living in Tampa, not being in the Memphis area, ESPN Plus allows me to watch my team. So regardless of the the quality of the broadcast, I'm thankful and grateful I get a chance and there's an option for me to watch my team play. Also, all these Memphis fans that are hung up on, well, the broadcast was terrible, the quality was terrible. Why the fuck didn't you go to the game? It's in Jonesboro. Give me a break. Randy, let me tell you why you should have picked Memphis. I was thinking, I was debating on whether I was going to say this because I didn't really want to jinx it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Do you know that Memphis has never lost when I've been in the stadium? Well, they've lost a lot when I've been in the stadium. Well, that's because you've been there a lot. I've probably only been there maybe, I've probably been to maybe eight Memphis games in my life. All right, so our, our, our picks for college are set. Any any Anything we need to harp on with college? Or are we, we ready to bounce about out of this and move to NFL? Man, I never thought I'd get so excited to talk NFL because y'all know what I was thinking last week. Mm. Man, my, my team gets a moral victory, and your team gets a surprising victory, and – you would have thought this time last week the world was going to end and the Saints are going to go um, straight to the toilet bowl. No, you, you said that they would have a successful season, but not a great season. But um, So let's start with that, Jim. Saints, 
Jameis is is are is your outlook on Jameis any different going into week two than it was going into week one? Yeah, it's different, but I think you have to start. And you know, Randy has said this for years. He has said that Breeze isn't Breeze without Peyton. And then you look at, you know, Bridgewater went 5-0 and as a starter under Peyton, and Taysom was 3-1 and as a starter. And I think at some point you got to realize what he does with these guys. And so you also add that into the fact that Jameis got to spend last year sitting behind Drew, learning, watching, and, and you add that in, and then you watch his play. It didn't look anything like his play in Tampa. He didn't try to force anything. He threw balls away. He took off and ran instead of doing things. He was very intelligent in his decision-making, and he didn't try to be the big gunslinger and make the big plays. And so while you give him his credit, that's clearly um, you got to give your due to Sean Payton for the the teaching, and and you got to give Drew Brees to a degree because that a lot of that had to come from last year. But – Let's not – I mean, that was five touchdowns on – I believe it was less than 200 yards passing. We we had 180 yards on the ground. Yeah, 148 yards passing. Yeah, so so it was 180 yards on the ground. So let's not get it twisted. It was very balanced, and, and it made the game easier for him. And then the way the defense played, like, I mean, you had the momentum the whole time. So, I mean, it was a, it was a perfect storm. But Jameis did what he needed to do. He made some great plays. The running game is a balanced attack. And then, you know, the defense was just you know, teeing off. So, full-blown, nothing I could have ever expected. I I told you I thought New Orleans would be a playoff team, and it's only one game. But I didn't think they were going to be all that. And I sure didn't think they were going to beat Green Bay in week one. And they did. So, is, is the Taysom-Jameis debate over? Yeah, I mean. There was it. never really a debate. It's got to be. Loves Taysom. I, I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you what Taysom is, and, and it got brought up with a group of guys at Buffalo Wild Wings. So they were talking about our rookie Jones, the running back, and they were talking about Kamara. And the guy said to me, and this is before Taysom had the third and one that he picked up, they said, you know, the only problem is we don't have a power back. And I said, yes, we do. I said, Taysom Hill is actually your power running back. And then sure enough, later they had the third and one, and he smashed through there. And I thought, well – Taysom has found his role. It's not quarterback, but he's your he's your third down short or fourth down short yardage back. That's crazy, huh? Let's whatever we gotta do to get a white running back in the NFL, baby. Hey, whatever you gotta do to get the ball in the end zone is what it, what it, the answer should be. But speaking of quarterbacks, Randy Wentz, what did what did you think? It was fine. The offensive line had a lot of injuries. Wentz, I mean, he looked great. He, I mean, he, they didn't protect him. Uh, he was running for his life. It looked a lot Andrew Luck-like. Uh, that you know, he Wentz was fine. Uh, people wanted to jump on him immediately because they lost. It was not Wentz. The defense was not good in the first half, and the offense stalled in the second half because they couldn't protect the quarterback and couldn't get the run game going. So it's not – I think the Colts are going to be fine. I think that Wentz is going to be fine. Uh, but they better find a way to start protecting him. And I think getting a lot of – they get three offensive linemen back this week that are starters. That's a great start. Yeah, I, I saw where ESPN did like a simulation of the season and they had projected uh, record. And through the first nine games, they had the Seahawks at 0-9, which 
after you watch them play, like, Randy, Seattle is they're fucking good, right? Like, yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Like, they you don't have a guy like Russell Wilson, and I think DK Metcalf's a star. I think Tyler Lockett's a star. I think those dudes, they're Chris Carson, good. the running back's a star. If he can be healthy for a full season, like, I the, the defense probably ain't what it used to be, but no, maybe but they Pete don't Carroll have to still, be. He's still one of the best coaches in the NFL. I mean, Absolutely. he's not always talked about in that realm, but he is. I mean, they've had massive success under Pete Carroll, and to, for people just to write him off has just been crazy to me. You have an MVP as your quarterback. I mean, a, a Super Bowl champion. I mean, that they're yes, they're really good. Yeah, it it, it helps when – when your quarterback is Russell Wilson, that's for sure. I mean, you know, you don't, I think you always feel like you got a chance to win when he, when that guy's in the game. Um, but looking back on it, what, any games that were surprising to you? Um, I don't, I wasn't surprised necessarily that they won. I was surprised with how good Arizona looked. I think that people, vastly underestimated that defense. Chandler Jones has been one of my favorite players since he's been in the league, getting J.J. Watt. Um, obviously, the Cardinals, I mean, obviously, Cliff Kingsbury, I'm a huge fan. Uh, what Kyler Murray can do in that offense is crazy, but people don't sleep on that defense. That defense is legit. They got some real, real players on there, and they embarrassed Tennessee at home for the opening game. And that that's scary because the offense is, is firepower and they're going to score a lot of points and now you put a defense behind that man that's that's uh and, and all that being said we didn't even mention one of the top three wide receivers in the league and deandre hopkins and he just did what he does catches touchdowns <laughs> just doing things doing big things jim what about you any any surprises from this week any any big takeaways yeah and before i before i say it you know randy uh, you've seen it in the group text how a fantasy football league that I just won a championship in going to let me get Hopkins and Murray together again? Man, that's just asking for a repeat. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, for me, you know, it didn't shock everybody, but Pittsburgh going into Buffalo, like, obviously Pittsburgh has high expectations and they have, you know, to me, a top three coach in the league. Everybody knows that. But, I mean, Buffalo is a team that, you know, we expect could make it to the Super Bowl. And, you know, you're looking for Josh Allen to take that next step again. And, you know, they they actually added some pieces. And so I didn't expect Pittsburgh to go in there and handle Buffalo that way. And, you know, the odds-on favorite before the season to start for defensive player of the year was uh, T.J. Watt. Um, he's solidifying that up already. And getting the bag. Yep. He, he he made his paycheck, that's for sure. But, um, but can I tell you what my favorite moment of the whole Sunday was, and it wasn't even anything to do with the Saints? That it was Chase? But it was – I I don't know if I texted it to you guys. I, I absolutely texted it to my nephew, and Tyler gave me credit because I said it out loud. When he threw that deep ball to Chase, I said that looked identical to the national championship play. And then, sure enough, whoever it was that cut and edited it and put it on social media, he released it from the same spot. Chase caught it at the same spot. 
It literally was the same play they did in the national championship. And man, tell me chemistry don't go a long way. Yeah, back to the that you're right. But back to the Steelers, you talked about TJ Watt, the player that when watching some of that game, like I did, the player that stood out to me on that Pittsburgh defense was Minka Fitzpatrick. That guy is an absolute animal. A, a Bama guy on defense doing good. Yeah, doing Crazy. yeah, a line like a linebacker doing well. Crazy. Because the the Steelers offense didn't look great. Roethlisberger didn't look great. You know, you know who else was the surprise? Hey, Daniel, do you remember the conversation we had last week? Because Randy went here and we said if Jacksonville was going to win a game, this needed to be it. <laughs> Dude, they got they got absolutely blown out by a Deshaun Watson-less Texans team. Hey, don't, that's why don't Urban Meyer is about to go to USC. Don't don't hate on Teddy. Teddy went out there and did his thing, man. Teddy Tyrod, bro. Or Tyrod, sorry. Tyrod went out there and and did his thing and probably not getting the credit he probably deserves because you know that the situation that he's in can't be an easy one. Yeah, no doubt. You, know? you you talk about credit. Let me ask you let me ask you boys a question. You know, we know that in media they always try to put a negative spin on things. And I bring that up because in these games, whether it was Tennessee, Arizona, whether it was Green Bay, New Orleans, they spent more time talking about the team that, that lost and what they did wrong instead of just giving teams credit. They didn't give Arizona the credit they deserve. They talked about Tennessee, you know, being overrated. You know, they didn't give New Orleans credit. They talked about Aaron Rodgers missing the practice time and they weren't prepared. Like, like, you know, what happened is just giving teams credit for doing what they do. Hey, we we mentioned that. I mean, Seattle is is one of those teams. You know, give them credit. You know, they do what Seattle does. And when you got guys like Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, man, like when I Randy, not Randy them to be and Randy was a realist. He told us, you know, that that one was going to be a tough one to find a way to win before that game even started. He, I mean, he he's a guy who's let Russell Wilson grow on him. He didn't like him early in the early days. I like him as a player. All right, so I I got to ask you, Randy, because I got I got to looking, and whether this is good or not, it it doesn't get. Hey, first of all, the Titans, that's a dub, son. Well, I okay, but ne- <laughs> I, I, I was I was going strictly on next week. Next week doesn't get much easier for them, correct? No, not at all. And then that's a, that's a L. You you got the Titans, and and obviously you you say it all the time, like the Colts own the Titans. So then you got the Dolphins who are are, are sitting. One and zero right now, like dub. That's a dub. Yeah, and then you got the Ravens who are currently in overtime with the Raiders. That's a tough one because that's that's a that's a Monday night game. That Lamar Jackson on Monday night is pretty tough. I mean, but, I, tonight he's been doing his thing. But it, it, but it tells you a lot that they're in overtime with the Raiders. That's got to make you feel a little bit better. Yeah, I think they could. That's that's a toss up. Texans. I don't care about Tyrod Taylor. That's a dub. Yeah. I, it, Niners, and then you got the Titans. Do you, do you beat the Titans both okay. games? Then that no, November, you, you probably split that. The November twenty eighth is definitely a win. <laughs> that's, 
that's, I think if you yeah, if we go five hundred in your first, you know, six seven, six games, I, I'm I'm down. Okay. I mean, I, hey, hey, pull up that Saints schedule and check out how they're going to be four and zero going into Monday Night Football. Go ahead and lock just, it up. I just wanted to see, you know, where where your head was after one week. But you 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 seem to be a realist about it. Um, yeah, I think three and three, man. And oh man, look right here on the screen, right here, a former Tennessee Vol great Paris Harrelson dies thirty seven. Just that's awful, awful. That's unbelievable. You know. That guy's our age, fellas. Yeah, I know. That's that's exactly what I'm looking at, man. That's and look, as great a shape as you are both in, I, I don't think you're professional NFL linebackers. That dude's probably pretty healthy. Yeah, that dude that dude would own me and everything that I wanted to try to do athletically. But not, not me. He, I got he, I got Tom Brady and Jaleel on deck. Go ahead and get me a linebacker for the Oklahoma drill, too. So we got the the Packers and the Panthers. You, you beat the Packers. You turn around. You got the, the Panthers. Well, you got to think dub. that's a dub. The Patriots rookie dub. quarterback. I mean, you, you would hope that that's a dub. You got the Giants. I mean, I, I don't. I can't even tell you what the Giants are. Like, not dub. very good. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. you. Got, Washington, Washington, that's probably. A, I mean, they got it. That's why I told you it could be five. I went from thinking the worst. Possible, like that. Like I said, they, were they might get but, two losses in a row, though, right there. Seahawks and Buccaneers. But if you went five and two, you'd be okay with that. And nobody ever expected that. And then at some point in that duration, you get Michael Thomas back, who you know, talking about wanting to be slant traded. boy. Yeah, hey, slant boy on Twitter, giving all the love to the Saints after all that trash he was talking. When they start winning, he want to jump back on the train. Well, it it does look like you guys have a week off in between there, so. Um, Washington, how you feel, man? Your boy, your boy Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, out for the season. No, they said yeah. today he's out six to eight weeks. Six man. to eight weeks, but I mean, probably is out for the season though. He's he usually only that. good for the first half of the season, so that's the problem. He's gonna be back for the second half. That's no good to anybody. I mean, you know, I I like Fitzpatrick, good dude. Um, but being at Washington, like I I'm not gonna cry that their starting quarterback isn't playing for the next six to eight weeks. Just, just not. You know, on your team, Daniel, and, and, and you need to dive into it, you know, I texted Marcus Morris after y'all's game, and I said, man, I really like the way y'all look. I said, there's no reason why y'all shouldn't run the East. And his exact comment was, as long as we can stay healthy. And the next day, literally, there was reports of two different players injured and then another player suspended. And it was like, damn, it didn't even take 24 hours for that to go south. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not worried about it too much. Your big offensive lineman didn't play in, in the game against, against the Bucs. You do pretty well. Um, I mean, if there's a moral victory, I guess that's a moral victory. Uh, you travel out west to the Chargers. That's a game that you should win, but no one. That is Cowboys. not a game you should win. Yes, if the you're Chargers right. find ways to lose, man. Justin no, Herbert is a Hall of Famer. Put the jacket on him. <laughs> you know who they say he's like, though, don't you? you Randy, Dan Marino, dude, he's got a cannon. Well, it here's the thing: if you're wanting to consider yourself credible and a threat to make a run in the playoffs absolutely this game against 
the Chargers is a game you have to win and a game you should win. Daniel, I I'm do looking not, at I'm it. just going to put this on the podcast. I do not think that the Cowboys should beat the Chargers. I don't think that. All right, I'm going to tell you this, Daniel. I think what? they they should they should win the next eight games. Now, obviously, I then that's not going to happen just because for they're not wrong. going to beat Jalen Hurts. Are you kidding me? Put Dude, the they should, on him too. They should win the next eight games. They should win all the way to the Chiefs. So, so I say they should win eight. I think they win at least six. I think they're at worst six and three going into that Chiefs game. Daniel, I'm behind your boys. Well, thank you. Let me put you. it to you right now. Let me put it to you right now, boys. They are this going is, to lose. This is to the a Chargers. guy. This is a guy who is just hating on the Cowboys. No, I'm being serious. The Chargers are a better team than the Cowboys. I'm, the that's, Chargers I'm being didn't even win serious. this week, did they? Yes, they did. Oh, they did. Oh, they beat Washington. And a Washington. Bruh. Gibson got hurt in the game. Fitzpatrick got Bruh. hurt in the game. Y'all for all right. Just keep sleeping. Keep sleeping. Keep sleeping on Justin Herbert and them Chargers. All right, Daniel. I think I think when the Chargers lose, Randy needs to make that profile pick a star. Man, I, I'm still trying to find the words to to understand. I feel like the Chargers and the Cowboys are are even, if anything, and if you had to base. Week one on who's a better team, you a hundred percent have to say Dallas. Like I, I don't I don't know where if you if you want to if you want to crown them, then crown them. Crown they ass. Hey, give me this, the charges. This, this is this is the one thing I want to say before we move on to the next week. I thought the worst out of all media, all the all discussion discussion of analysts after the week one, I think all the people criticizing Dallas for not giving Zeke the ball more are all morons. Like I hate, I hate, I get it. You know, you guys know I hate media members who call people names. But if you haven't watched Tampa Bay's defense over the last three years, you can't run on them. Period. So what what are you talking about? Yeah, I would take my chances with. The Tampa secondary. Um, before I try to run the ball against that front line and that linebacking crew. And as you mentioned, they had uh, a DB go down. Who went down? Uh, Murphy Bunting went right. down, and you had a a rookie come in, I believe, and then. So well, you definitely gonna keep passing. Well, I mean, we went after that guy all night. Like, it wasn't like we didn't try to go after him. I mean, you're playing. You did everything you were supposed to do, except you gave the guy who you can't give time to more time, more than enough time to go down there and beat you. Yeah, that that was the criticism. They, it, they gave him the time. They settled for the field goal instead of trying to, Try to move the ball down further and and take the rest of the clock. So I agree with that. Right. So let's get on to week two. Um, we we did some picks last week, and man, yeah, y'all didn't submit some picks. So the idea here is, guys. Oh, I, I went two and zero, oh, bro. Well, hold on, hold on. All right. So the idea is that we all submit two games, two different games. So there's a total of six games that we're all getting a chance to pick. All right. Jim, you picked two games. 
I picked two games, and Randy only picked one game. So he's trying to give us a lead as a handicap. No, 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 no. (laughs) So here's how it worked out. Like the games that you guys didn't pick, you got a loss for. Sorry. Wait, didn't pick. All right. So I'll give you an example. So last week, the Bears and Rams was a game that you picked, Jim. Seattle and Indianapolis was a game that you picked, Jim. Yes, yeah, so what I, I do wrong? Listen, listen. Cleveland and Kansas City was a game that I picked. Buffalo and Pittsburgh was a game that I picked. Washington and the Chargers was a game that Randy picked, and Randy didn't pick a second game. All right? So then when you break down all those six games, we were all supposed to pick a winner for all of those six games. Y'all did not do that. All right. So I'll give you an example. So for the Bears and the Rams, Jim, you picked the Rams. Randy, you picked the Rams. I picked the Rams. We all got a, got a win for that. For Seattle and Indianapolis, Jim, you picked Seattle. Randy, you didn't pick anybody. So I'm assuming that you were going to pick the Colts. And um, I picked the Colts. So we what? both. You and I got losses for that. Okay. <laughs> so that what's so funny? Go ahead. I, I was under the understanding that I was supposed to pick my two games, and you pick your two games, and he picked his two games, and somehow I went two and zero, and now I found out that I didn't pick games. I don't know. Then, then, then why last week were you okay with the idea, and you picked winners for the games that I gave you? Don't sit up here and act like you didn't know what was going on because not only did we go through this on the podcast last week, I also texted it to you guys as simply as I could put it, and nobody responded. To that <laughs> I text. didn't read that text because so, I thought whoa. it was directed towards Red. I thought it was directed I did Randy. respond to that text. Yeah, and you, you didn't. You responded to it, but you didn't give any picks. You said okay. pick for me. And I'm not going to do that. So there's that. So if y'all would like to scrap this segment, that's fine. All right. If y'all would like to take over this segment, I'm okay with that too. But we're going to talk NFL. I figure there's no better way to talk about it. Do you remember when we talked about refs today and we talked about consistency is all we asked for? (laughs) (laughs) i'm throwing the flag i will admit the error of my ways y'all caught me in the middle of a five that i was getting five extra innings at my daughter's softball tournament and so i'm being penalized and and i'm being talked bad to no i'll take no 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 no. on jim's part because he didn't read the text that it was clearly laid out for Man. Not only did he not read, but he didn't ask any questions last week. He was all good with it. You asked so, me to pick two games, and I picked two games. No, I asked you to pick two games of your own. I was going to pick two games, and Randy was going to pick two games. And you and on the games, the two games that you picked, I gave answers because I picked the Browns, which would actually be wrong. Which is valid. Me- which is validating exactly what I'm saying that you knew how this worked. Because why would you pick 
If you didn't know, you would have just been like, all right, I picked my so two I games. So I made my pick. So I made my picks because you asked me in your two games. Uh, it's not my fault is- Randy didn't pick two games. I'll take the L's. Let's go. Take the L's. Let's move on to this week. Dude, I could pick. You know what? I could pick every single game right this week. How about that? I was just looking at it. This is the easiest damn week I've ever seen. Well, let's let's talk last week. So every, everybody got the Rams right. Jim, you got Seattle. Randy, you didn't pick Seattle and Indy, so you got a loss. I picked Indianapolis. I got a loss. Uh, for Cleveland and Kansas City, Jim, you picked Cleveland. Randy, you picked Cleveland. I picked Kansas City. Y'all okay. two got a loss. I when got did I pick Cleveland? Through text. I did? Yep. I'm about to check your motherfucking ass. Well, please do. And read gonna, the other text that I sent out to you. I was going to pick Kansas City, and then I got put on that whole Cleveland was my team thing. And so Daniel Daniel forced me into submission. <laughs> so I, I also picked Buffalo and Pittsburgh game. Jim, you picked Buffalo. That's a loss. Randy, you didn't pick at all. That's a loss. I picked Buffalo. That's a loss. And Randy, you put Washington and the Chargers. Jim, you didn't pick that game, so you got a loss. Randy picked Washington. He got a loss. I picked Washington. I got a loss. So last week, the record is Jim, you're two and three. Randy, you're one and four. And I am two and three. Because we should have had another game that Randy didn't choose, so I didn't, I didn't give us any credit for, for that game. We just left it at five games. And might have just ran the damn text because I would have picked the Chargers. Correct. And I'm surprised Randy didn't pick the Chargers and he picked Washington because apparently the Chargers are the fucking greatest Man, team on the planet all of a sudden. Smash the no, they're, just, they're just better than the Cowboys, but I'm looking at the text that you sent me and uh well it does not say that i picked uh it says randy has cleveland but i'm looking at all mine i can't find where i picked cleveland you gotta go up it's way way oh, I'm, up i'm way up my I'm phone way, my okay. phone's dead for a second episode in a row so it's, I can't find pick, nothing. it's way before that long text that i sent you it's right. way before all the tom brady nonsense that jim wanted <laughs> to, to throw out there all right Let's like go this it, 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 it's it's on up there. All right, so this week you got two games to pick. So I'll let you start first. You can pick the first game. What game? And who are you taking? You talking to me? Yeah. I am picking. <laughs> I'm picking the Chargers over the Cowboys. Mm. I want I, I want to pick the uh, Patriots over the Jets, but I think that's too easy. The Chargers over Cowboys. I'm going Cowboys. So, bump you and your pick. And we'll see what Jim's doing. Jim, who are you taking? Chargers or Cowboys? That's Randy's first game. Cowboys. Thank you. L's. I need to do this to make up for all these false picks. Shit. Yeah, you do need to do this. Yo, non-football related, man. Shout out to Easy Fleet Tattoos, the sponsor of this show. My wife's Disney sleeve is fire. Shout out, Flea. 
All right, Jim. What's your What's your first game? Who are you picking? <clears throat> New Orleans over Carolina. Saints. Randy, who you got? Saints or Carolina? Oh, Saints. I'm right there. I'm gonna take the fighting Jameis Winston. All right, for my first game, I am going to go. Hmm. I mean, this has got to be the easy one, right? Give me the Bucks over over Atlanta. Well, that's easy. Same. Tampa. Jim, Atlanta, Atlanta might be the worst team in football. Maybe but next to the Chargers. <laughs> y'all crazy, y'all crazy, bro. Uh, all right, uh, all right. You get to pick another game, Randy. Game two. Who you got? I'm gonna go Patriots over the Jets. Jim, who you got? Mm. Give me Mormon Manziel and the Jets just to mix it up. Oh Lord! What a speaking of worst team in the league. <laughs> you like you like me throwing Mormon Manziel out there, though, don't you, Randy? I like it. All right, Jim. What's your second game? Cleveland over Houston. Cleveland over Houston. Pick both my squads. Let's go. Randy, who are you taking in that game? The Browns. See, y'all yeah. see, see the theme here? That's why I took the Jets, because I feel like we're going to have the same picks all across the board. There's got to be a different one, and I'm going to roll the dice and take the risk. That's why I picked the Chargers. All right, let's let's do this then. Let's, I'm, I'm going to take Cincinnati over Chicago. That's easy as hell. Give me hey, the what, Bengals. What would be what would be harder? Seattle over Tennessee? Well, that's ridiculous. That's really easy. Kansas City and Baltimore? That's a, that's that's a 50-50 game. You could say that's a 50-50 game. Every All time right, they play it's did, been a good game. Did Baltimore like win? I got my no, phone. They're died. still playing. Still playing. All right, let Let's do this. I'll I'll do Kansas Kansas City and Baltimore, and I will take the Chiefs. <laughs> Guys, I got Same. a I got a question on that Bengals thing. Guys, I really want to go get that Joey B National Championship LSU autograph ball. My wife wanting to know what I want for our tenth anniversary. She just got that freaking. I ain't gonna put the money out there sleeve. I think I want that football for this room. What y'all think? I was going to ask how much a 10-hour session costs. I don't want to talk about it. I know. Randy knows because I, I messaged him, but I only messaged him and not you because Randy digs tattoos. You don't. I mean, I, just because I don't have any doesn't mean I don't dig tattoos. Why is it that the Chiefs and Ravens are the is the only NFL game on here without a line? Because the Ravens hadn't even finished playing their game right now, so you don't know uh, the injuries. 
That's true. Jim, who you got? Kansas City or Baltimore? He'll never pick Lamar. <laughs> Kansas City. And let me tell y'all something. Patrick Mahomes, that play where he escaped the pocket and then he casually went like 18 yards into the end zone with defenders coming at him. You know, they say he can't amaze you anymore. Man, every time I watch that dude do something, I mean, he looked like a ballet dancer just twinkle toes in his end zone. The Ravens just lost. The Ra- Derek Carr, 31-yard touchdown to Jones. Yeah, then I'm definitely taking the Chiefs because if they can't beat the the Raiders. The Raiders? Raiders ain't bad. John Gruden, baby. Home. Just win, baby. New stadium? Man. Hey, let's let's talk about let's talk about this. You know, they're talking about divisions. Tell me, uh, you know, obviously Baltimore just lost, but tell me the NFC West and the AFC North. Tell me those just ain't straight legit across the board. It's yeah, they are. I feel like the AFC North has been legit forever. Well, but it was mainly the two, and then Cincinnati hung around with the Andy Dalton days, but like. But when you when you talk about top to bottom, there isn't a bad team in that division. But the West, the West is the one that I mean, dude. Because we talked about it. Like there's people who there's there's the people who say Arizona is going to make it, and then there's a lot of people that say they're going to finish last. And in that division, man, you're not going to have much room to stumble. But that you know there is the possibility with the seven teams now, dude. How insane would it be if four teams, all four teams from a, a division, made it? Think about it. If they just won all their games outside of their own division, that's a possibility. We didn't even talk about this, obviously, because you guys were too busy loving the Cowboys. The Eagles looked awesome. I don't give a shit who you're playing. They looked awesome. Dude, whatever. They played the worst team in football. Yeah. And I that's and, and Jalen Hurts. This is the, the NFL. Don't Jalen Hurts like through the Devontae Smith. I'm not getting excited about that kind of stuff. Don't. Alabama to Alabama. I was very excited about my I'm LG, just LG. this is not this isn't college where Memphis is playing nickel state, bro. This is the NFL. Yeah, and if you were playing the fucking Jets or you're playing the Chiefs, that fucking matters. Like it. Exactly. The, so when the, the Chargers beat the Cowboys so, by two touchdowns this weekend, they're going to be like, see, we, that's what we're supposed to do. Okay. But when the Eagles beat the Falcons, like, they're supposed to do that. No, right. But they're, no, no, they're picked, to, they were picked to finish last in the division and they go out and win by four touchdowns. And so the no, they Falcons, weren't supposed to do that. And the Falcons weren't picked. Randy, I'll, last? I'll give you oh, a tough. What's the, what's the, what's the 20-piece on uh on the Cowboys' charges? I even give you seven. I'm not betting you, bro. I think you owe me 17,000 beers. Not true. It's like 5,000. <laughs> no monies. I'm just telling you, man. Y'all sleeping on the Chargers. That's all I'm telling you. I'm not sleeping Everybody on in that division is 1-0. I'm just telling you. They're all undefeated. Well, They're the only division them. that's all undefeated. Good for them. No, it's not the West. The, the division I brought up. Okay, there's two divisions undefeated. Good for the Chargers. Man, they're, they're Super Bowl champs. Let's go ahead and crown them. Now, just because they beat the sorry-ass Cowboys it won't make them a Super Bowl oh. champ. It'll just make them better I than I never the thought there'd be so much more of a Cowboy hater than me in this world. They're, you doubled I mean, me up. <laughs> Justin Herbert. 
come to get your jacket. Come on up, get this yellow jacket, big dog. It'll look great with his long hair. I mean... You did yeah. watch Dak Prescott play. Dak Prescott's better than Justin Herbert. You do know that. You are... Everybody on this podcast right now, there's not one person outside of you, not one NFL GM would take Dak Prescott over Justin Herbert. You're crazy. They're fools. My, y'all are... Y'all like let's run, like let's talk about the interception that was the the Dak throw. Do you know he threw an absolute perfect dime? It was in between triple he coverage. Great. That he should have been great. caught. It should have been caught. Absolutely, hundred percent. I can't think of a bad play Dak had all game. I he can't. didn't. He didn't. But that one game ain't making you better. Justin Herbert has got a. He's better. Period. What was he doing before he got hurt last year? Winning Rookie of the Year. What you mean? No, I'm talking about Dak. What is that? Press him, he was slinging. He, I think he, Daniel, didn't he have five consecutive 400 yard passing games before he got hurt? Dude, the guy was literally the best quarterback in football before he got hurt. Like, mm. I don't even know what we're talking about right now. Like, I don't either. This the, is this is the, the most Chargers. Foolish. The Chargers. <laughs> The Chargers beat the Red or the Washington football team. Yeah, who every almost every single person picked them to win the division. Almost every single person picked that team, picked the Redskins to win the division. Last year, they had the best defense in the NFL, period. Not even close. They had the best defense in the NFL. What does Justin Herbert do? Threw for three bills on them. And, and Dak Prescott did what against the defending Super he Bowl did, I champion. just said he played great. He played great, and he lost because that's what matters. He lost the game. Wins yeah. and losses matter. And that dude, look, what's 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 his record? Just let's just go off of this right now. What's his record? In his second year, what was his record going into his second year? Who Dak? Let me see. Let's well, I know he had a, a thir- I know he had a 13 and 3 year. So he did with a much, much, much better team than Justin Herbert's got. Let's let's take a gander at their stats. The biggest Cowboy fan I know outside of you, Marcus Morris, still would not doesn't want Dak Prescott as his quarterback. He's an idiot, too. Marcus, don't listen to him. You're a damn Kentucky uh, fan, bro. Oh, that's true. That's, that's working against you, Marcus. All right, so 2016, 3,667 yards, 23 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, 104.9 QB rating. All right. 2017, 3,300 and change. 2018, 3,800 and change. 2019, 4,200 and change. And through, what was it? The five games, 1,856 yards last season. Nine touchdowns. 403 yards, three touchdowns, one interception that should have been should have been caught 101.4 quarterback rating this year for that one game. Mm-hmm. 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 I can't believe I got to sit here and defend the Cowboys as hard and Dak Prescott. Randy, why you put me in this rookie rookie year? Doesn't Herbert on a team that everybody picked up get like not even win a game. Uh, I watched, I, how many games yards. they blow? How many games they blow? 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns. 31 touchdowns. 31. Patrick Mahomes threw 50 in his rookie year. <laughs> well, I'm not saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I said he's better than Dak Prescott. 
me either. All right, you ready for the hot take so I can really get you upset? Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert. I would take Joe Burrow over Dak Prescott. All right, we're done. Let's. <laughs> Let, Jim, you're let. with me. Don't tell me you, you're starting your franchise right now. You're not taking Joe Burrow over Dak Prescott. I'm taking Joe Burrow, yeah. That's a different worded question. Like, you're talking about you're a. Not, Dak, Dak's not old. How long has he been in the league? Five years? No, but you, you, you're not talking. That's not apples to apples. <laughs> At all, and and you knew I was biased, so you know as correct, that correct. All right, so <laughs> last call. Um, I think I'm gonna go first tonight, guys, because I want to introduce something new, um, to y'all for the season. So there's always these power rankings that come out. So I want to do a, a power ranking of sports this week. So. You know, who had a good week? And it could be across all sports. So I tried to qualify everything, and I'll I, I give you my top five. So coming in at number five, I think it is the Arkansas Razorbacks just dominating Texas. They had a good week. Coming in at number four, Matt Stafford going into L.A. with the, the pressure of, you know, probably supposed to be the guy, supposed to throw for big numbers, and he did just that. Um, coming in at number three, Dak Prescott, Randy, going out after being injured, coming back, putting up the numbers that he did, magnificent game, just came up a little bit short. Uh, coming in at number two, Oregon. Oregon with guys hurt, going on the road in a hostile place against Ohio State and take, taking care of business. And then my number one, this week is going to go to the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, those guys absolutely taking care of business and, and, and taking care of business rather rather handily, I might add. Um, looking at that top five, Randy, Jim, any anything that should change or anybody that should be added into the, the power rankings for this week? I mean, I got one right off the top that's going to drive you nuts. Joe Burrow. No. <clears throat> LSU women's soccer is now 11-0 since both those ladies came on our podcast. They cannot lose. They're ranked in the top five in the nation. All right, so on my list, where, where are you putting them? Just taking Dak Prescott out. <laughs> okay. uh, five is Arkansas. Four is Matt Stafford. Three is Dak Prescott. Two is the Oregon football team. And number one is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'm going to take off. Oh, I'm going I'm to take off. See, that's the problem. Where do you put them? I mean, I would put them in front of everybody. I'm just trying to think who I want to oh. take off. Um, I guess I would take off Stafford. Because I expected that. All right, Randy. Top five about right? Or are you? I'm not. Look, all, all jokes aside, I'm not going to put Dak over Matt Stafford because Matt, his team won the game. He played amazing and his team won. I'm not. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not rewarding losses. 
But I'm going to tell you what I, I think everything else is about right. I, I could actually, I actually could give one because we talked about it during this episode. I'd find somebody to bump off that list and put Francisco Lindor on there. That's a great, that's a great one. Hey, I, I'm okay with that. Um, so then on the flip side, I don't know what to call this yet, but these are the, the not so powerful five, the weak sauces of the week. Number five is going with the Yankees. The Yankees are just having a complete meltdown, two of eight in their last 10. Um, number four is the Browns. The Browns had a game against a Super Bowl contending team, and this is where everyone says, well, they've got to make the jump. They've got to be able to win those games. And, you know, for two and a half quarters, almost three quarters, they, they had the game won. It was theirs for the taking, and they gave it away. Um, number three is the Texas Longhorns, you know, being overrated or not playing, you know, in the way that they should. and being welcomed to the SEC the, the best way Arkansas knew how. Uh, number two is Florida State's defense. Just, I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing. We, we, we hit on them earlier, but um, definitely not their greatest moment. And number one, going to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers for the incredible day that he had and incredible offseason that he had that led up to that magnificent day so uh jim start with you man not so so powerful five is that about right or or somebody else need to be in that's a that's pretty accurate and i just want to touch on that number one um i've had agree to disagree people uh across the way um some agree but I know this, the people that were watching the game with me, after he uh, threw that second interception and they were down, um, he came out in the second half and didn't look like he even cared. And you got to wonder with everything that was done in the offseason and speculated, how much does he care? Good point. I mean, I, w- I would hate to say that there's an NFL player out there getting paid that, you know, it's not going to care um, and take the, the personal thing over the team thing. But um, you're right, body language and, and just the overall demeanor says a lot. Um, we'll, we'll see. Randy, any anything that needs to be added or take, taken away from that list? Mm, I think the L would be on uh, my own team, the Colts offensive line. Big L. A lot of expectations coming into the season. They weren't picked by anybody to win the division, but I think a lot of people had them as a you know the seventh team in the playoffs. And if you can't protect Wentz better than that, then you can hang that up. Yeah, offensive line starts there, especially when you got a guy like Wentz who's injury prone. Uh, got to have that protection. I think Wentz will be fine if he's got time to throw and and, and make good decisions. He, I don't think he was necessarily bad at all. Um, in their game, he just, you know, the offensive line, like you said, it's got to do better. Got to do better for him. Uh, last call, Randy, anything? Uh, you know, I don't really have anything other than Justin Herbert. Shout out to you, baby. Jim, last call, man. Yeah, Brady Tiger hit the bump this weekend. Um, 
A lot of these SEC programs did their fall scrimmages. Our boy was clocking 98 on multiple pitches and uh, looked good. So, you know, we like to shout out our guests. And so pr proud of Brady and getting it done. And, man, you know, we always talk about guys coming back. You know, I, I don't necessarily want Arkansas to be successful because we're rooting for a bunch of other SEC teams. But – Look forward to having him come back after his freshman season because I think uh, I think there's a big season ahead for him. Yeah, man. Good good luck to Brady. I mean, shoot, what was it, 98 on the bump? Man, that's uh, it's unbelievable. But I mean, uh, definitely a a huge huge asset for the Razorbacks this season, and probably a pro prospect if if I had that to guess uh, in the coming years. So. Guys, another great episode. I want to thank Jacob Gonzalez for joining us. Hopefully, we'll get him back on before they start SEC play and, and get his take on where they sit and what the outlook for the rest of the season is. But if you like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, your ratings, your feedback is always welcome. Check out the website. Get your gear. I got my shirt on tonight. Rocking it hardcore, man. So if you like the shirts, pick one up in your favorite team's colors. And we'll see everyone next week for episode three, where we got Northwest Mississippi Community College volleyball player Cameron Connor joining us. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.